Blog Talk Radio. Hello and happy Sunday. This is Seeds of Change and I'm your host, Danielle St. John. We have um, a pretty awesome show lined up with a new um, guest host, possibly a permanent guest host. Um, her name is Catherine. I don't know if she goes by Kathy or Catherine, but um, mom is here. If that's you, um, Catherine, could you please press one and I'll, uh, we'll let you into the studio. Mom, are you there? There I'm here. Okay. Oh, yay. Okay. And here's Catherine. We're going to let her in. Hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I don't go by Katie, or excuse me, I go by Katie. I don't go by Kathy if you want a nickname. <laughs> oh, Katie's great. All right. Yes. Um, welcome, Katie. Hi. Hi. The other voice is, um, is uh, Carla, um, also known as Mom. Mom yes. does our good news report for the second hour. Um, so because just there's so much negativity going on in the world, we, we try to do one hour a week of just good news. Sometimes we fail, and we call that everything is stupid. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. oh, and, and Lily is here, too. Hi, Lily. Hi, how are you? Oh, doing great. We just, uh, I just got rid of. Six dogs today uh, that went home to their families. So it feels much lighter in my house today. Oh, my goodness. I bet. And I bet your dogs are excited to have some, like, one-on-one time with their mama. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it was just too many. We had one that stayed that was supposed to leave well before Thanksgiving. But, like, is there any way you could just keep her through Thanksgiving? And then extended mm-hmm. it another day, and I'm like, oh, my God. It was just, it was just too many. I, I got to stop doing that. But like I said, it wasn't a, a planned thing. I wasn't planning on having Dogapalooza in my house um, for the last two weeks. But that's how it ends up when you're a good dog boarder. Everybody wants you. Um, but feeling much lighter. You're so amazing. I love you. Oh, I love you, too, Lily. Thank you. Um, okay, so show topics today. Um, Katie would like to talk about, um, well, she gave me a few topics. One I think would be a good one is, would be um, crickets mm-hmm. showing up in food. And then the other one mm-hmm. is basically how do you interact with your family during holidays to make it, especially families that have those um, political opposites, you know, to say it nicely, where some some people are on one side, some people are on the other. Um, mental health around the holidays, things like that. Um, you know, I, my personal way that I would take care of that. First of all, I host, and so anybody who wants to come can come. But you know, don't uh, don't be rude. Uh, and you know, mm-hmm. if I was to go to somebody else's house, I would show up with a pumpkin pie that said uh, "unvaccinated and ready to talk politics." <laughs> That's what I would do. But <laughs> And then um, the other topic that we're going to talk about today, wildly different, is going to be pedo, not pedogate, Pizzagate. The original Pizzagate is back in the news, so uh, we'd like to do a little refresher on that, and then um, talk about the new um, stories, the news that's come out recently um, that yet again confirms Pizzagate is is real. So. 
Um, with that, Katie, do you do you want to start with uh, with your subject? Sure. Yes, um, I did see that meme of the unvaccinated and ready to talk politics. <laughs> that was yeah. Really I think we're funny. rolling into our third winter out. of a, a third uh, year of dark winter or whatever. Uh, winter of oh, death yeah. or whatever. Yeah, just strolling right in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, I'm nervous that. Oh, I hate to say this, but that people are going to be shedding at a gathering uh, that they will be vaccinated. And who knows about that? The Pfizer, the Pfizer's trial documents, they had told participants, you know, don't, don't procreate two weeks after you've got the shot. Like, what does that mean? Some people are yeah. saying that what? means that there is some kind of transmission. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember one time I was at a gathering for my friend's birthday and a lady was talking to me and then suddenly she said, oh, I'm so proud of myself. I just got vaccinated. And she showed me her Band-Aid on her arm and I was like, oh, (laughs) it's so wild how that can mean such a different thing to different people. But there's a whole segment of the population that feels they're protected and that that's like them doing their you know, responsible thing to be responsible right. to others. So exactly. Crazy. Maybe maybe you guys can all kind of weigh in on this really quick. But has there has there ever been a you know um, a time in history where the timelines have been so divided, where people's reality, like half the people's reality, is one thing, and the other half is completely different on what is going on in the world? Um, Mom, do you want to start with that? I do. I do. Uh, I remember uh, people coming into my work and um, speaking of families because, you know, I worked in a, in a place where people were absolute freaks about the vaccine and about the, about COVID and they, they believed all the hype and, you know, <clears throat> and when I got hired on at this place, I was a new hire and they asked me if I was vaccinated and I said, no. Now, this was during a time when it wasn't peaking. Nobody said anything. Um, that was the end of the interview, and I got the job because they needed me, and I'm a good counselor. Well, it came back again, and that's when they started doing the mandates. Do you guys remember that? What an ugly, ugly, ugly word. Mm-hmm. Mandate for yeah. free American citizens. And they sent out the notification that I would be fired if I didn't get the vaccine. Do you guys remember that? Just like freaking awful. Um, I was, I already knew. And you know what? Mine comes from a religious perspective. I, you know, God doesn't speak to me very often. I'm not Jerry Falwell. Well, God spoke to me today. (laughs) And, but it was very clear, not, this is not for you, beloved. You were, no, <laughs> it was super clear, right? So I told them that I, I would not be taking the vaccine and that I was going to be requesting a religious exemption. All hell broke loose. They treated wow. me so bad uh, at staff meetings. Well, if anybody gets sick, Carla's going home because she's unvaccinated. Oh. Do you remember how unwelcome we were made to feel? And I mm-hmm. remember I was listening to a pastor. And he said, this is going to start happening in people's homes. 
their families are going to be torn apart over this vaccine mandate, over this vaccine, and people not wanting to take it, and other people, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> being <laughs> rabid, shall we say, yeah. about taking Getting it. Getting their and, vaccine card <laughs> tattooed on their arm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. no way. And oh, then I started talking with my kid. That's, by the way, the host of this show, Danielle St. John, an amazing, incredible woman. And it was such a blessing to me that our family was united about not getting this vaccine for various reasons. Uh, Danielle had her own reasons. I, at the time, still trusted the medical community. I mean, I was losing faith rapidly when they were telling me there weren't things, such things as natural immunity. And because I believe my whole family had gotten this disease early in the quote unquote pandemic uh, back in 2019 in December, Danielle ended up, ended up in the hospital and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her, but we were all very sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and exactly. And this was before yep. anybody knew I had all of the COVID symptoms, all of them. Yeah. Except for yeah. the lungs. It mm. did not attack my lungs. It attacked my kidneys. Her kidneys, mm. which is, which oh is goodness. also what finally convinced me that this was a bio-engineered virus, is that because mm-hmm. everybody that I talked to, it hit their weakest point in their body. Hmm. So our family is united, we're happy, we're scared for everybody else, but we're, we just know that we're making the right decision for all of us as a family. But I kept, you know, the, the, you know people stopped talking to their family members and weren't allowed yeah. in their home, uh, you know, mm-hmm. tears and madness. It was just absolute madness. The people that were, you will take the vax, sounded like demons. Mm. That so that also convinced me that my the spiritual aspect of my decision was also correct. Was this was there was there were many layers of of this you know process or of this issue, but in particular the spiritual aspect of it was very clear to me because people were irrational, they were hate filled. They were vicious mm-hmm. with their own family members. Mm-hmm. But that kind of spread out, spreads out to politics as well, right? I mean, people mm-hmm. have, I've never seen such a level of, of, you know, just literally families being torn apart over elections, for goodness sakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Did I answer the question? I'm sorry. I, 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 close enough. Sort of close went enough. on a rant. I, I want I want Katie to feel welcome, but uh, but Lily, would you like to um, to answer? Yeah. So I have experienced, you know, a lot of times when people have been really divided over issues, um, you know, politics. Like I think a lot of us met originally when Bernie was running, you know, and so there was a lot of division of like Hillary or Bernie. Um, definitely. And so their reality seemed slightly different, I suppose, you know, like, because they were not believing like the Podesta emails and pizza right. that we're going to talk about later and all of those things, you know? So like, yes, I have experienced points in my life where it seemed like somebody was experiencing a different reality than me, um, or like at Standing Rock, you know, like it was, 
um, very much a different experience for us inside of Oshate Shikon camp than it was for like the keyboard warriors that were not there or for the people who were, you know, like there, but they were standing on the opposite side from us. Um, right. So that was like definitely, you know, like existing in two parallel dimensions side by side, but never quite so staunchly, you know, like as um, COVID, I don't think, because in like the last three years, because, um, you know, what you said about people like being not even so much divided, but just like their reality is literally different, you know, like yeah. there are people yeah. who in a different really believe that the economy is really good and everything is really good and we're winning for social justice and that's really good. And there's a real virus that is killing all these people and it's terrifying and the vaccine is saving their lives. So they're going to continue getting more and more boosters. And then there is, yeah. you know, yeah. like the reality that I live in, that is completely the opposite of all of those things. And that looks to me like the people who believe in those things are very confusing and almost like zombie-ish, uh, you know, yes. and I am reminded of like Wetiko virus that is an indigenous prophecy, you know, like saying that there would be a spiritual virus basically that everybody would get, but it is like a parasite that eats your brain and it is very spiritual, you know, like, so if you don't have a strong connection to your own beliefs, or your own ancestors, or your own version of your creator, source, God, whatever you want to call that being, you know, like, then you are prone to, like, getting this Wetiko virus, and in the end, they will seem like they have no souls, and are existing in a different reality as zombies, and that is really, like, what that feels like to me, you know, and then we have all the Mandela effects going on, like, with even the body, like, our organs have moved, into different places now, which is very interesting, you know, and like, I don't know, like, is that CERN or is that, you know, like our creator's divine design that our bodies are protecting themselves better currently because where the organs are moving is actually beneficial to us, um, you know, and it makes it harder to kill us in that way, um, like in a violent way, I suppose I should say. But anyway, so that's all like really fascinating to me, you know, and I just try to like stay grounded in knowing that I have not gone mad even though sometimes it feels like there's not very many of us like when I go out places and I'm around other people I try intentionally to make sure that my energy is really good and I smudge before I leave and pray but then I also like just smile at people and compliment them and um you know, bring things up. And then I'm reminded, like, as soon as I say, like, oh, my gosh, this is a bioengineered thing or whatever, I'm reminded, you know, like, by people around me that we really are the silent majority because people will, like, wink at me or come up and they, like, feel happy that I said something and then we'll talk about something else. You know, their body language, there are more and more of us. Have you noticed that? Like when you go up and say, oh, my gosh, I really like that dress. Their body language changes. Their posture changes. Yeah. It gets better. Like they, you know, it's like you're doing something immediately uh, to lift the, the energy of, of the world. And you can just see it's, it's a really good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, I guess, um, oh, what's it called? Edification, that what we're doing yes. is the right thing. Absolutely. Katie, so how do you? you have those conversations with family members that 
um, are on the opposite side of this? It, it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's a really great question. So you know, I don't know. It's very mm-hmm. likely that all of us have have someone in a friend slash family um, relationship that we're on the quote unquote, as Lily said, opposite side. How do you have conversations with people who each think? The other one is batshit crazy. How do you do well, that? What? It, was my pie idea not good? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great conversation starter there, Danielle. Yeah. Uh. I'm afraid that I just end up generally avoiding the really hot topics. Sometimes I'll say a little something if I feel like it's not going to be too controversial, sometimes I'll say something and then I'll be so shocked by the blowback. Like if I've just been immersing my data and information and I just casually say something and I'm like, Whoa, Oh my gosh. Like we don't have to go there, but you know, I was very deeply studying the plight of the people in the Donbass and the Donetsk region in Eastern Ukraine who were actually ethnic Russians and who'd been suffering since 2014 getting shelled and I would try to tell people about this and people would think I was absolutely nuts and that that was scary or talking about like Biden's Hunter Biden's laptops that just like ended so many friendships for me and getting censored on Facebook I did kind of get conditioned not to speak up so much with vaccines. But I loved your, I I loved your response to the lady with the shot. Now, say exactly how you said that again, because that was a very counselor-ish sort of response. I love the way you responded to her. Say it, tell us again what you said. I don't remember what... <laughs> Oh, it was you said something like, "Well, oh, goodness, I'm, I, you know, so many people feel differently about that. You, you know, you could say it to one person and get a completely something like that." And I was like, "Wow, that was good." I think that I think it's just my own commentary now. At the time, probably just was shocked and worried, and just kind of um, tried to say something benign. And present, but not non-confrontational. It is true, like what you talked about, that we've been cast as the villains in the story. Like, I just couldn't believe it, that thing where we were told that we were killing people. Because if you think about it, it just doesn't make any sense. You can't kill people by not being vaccinated because you can't, if, if the vaccine works, then that person should be protected. You I don't know that. They would flip out on you. If yeah, I don't mean to brag, but I think I personally killed about 150 grandmas. You know, oh, oh my, my goodness. Non-mask wearing, <laughs> non-vaccinated. I mean, clearly. That's the part that was so crazy. You would look at them and go, that doesn't make any sense. If you're vaccinated, then you should be fine. You don't need to worry about me. If right. you have a mask on, you're protected. You don't need to worry about me. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Mom, mom, calm down. You're yeah. mi- you know what? When you do that, your microphone start, starts glitching in and okay, out. Like, so it, it's when the like heart your rate, energy. Yeah, <laughs> your heart, heart rate increases. Exactly. Okay, so I used to tell people, Make it make sense. Mm -hmm. If you're vaccinated, 
then you shouldn't have to worry about me, whether I am or not, because the vaccine protects you, right? right? Right. If you wear a mask, then you shouldn't have to worry about me because your mask protects you. I, yes. I, I had so many conversations like that, and I would just look at them and go, I don't understand. Make it make sense. Okay. Was I able to get my whole thought without the computer getting wrecked? Yeah. Well, and you yeah. calm down, too. So I think that, yeah, your microphone recognized that. You know, <laughs> but, but seriously, it, it, it's um, it's hard. It was very hard and it still is hard. I went to the grocery store this afternoon and I saw a man wearing two masks. Like oh my these people are still in, I don't know where you live, Katie, but like we're in the thick of it here still in, in Southern California that people still, you know, wear masks outside on 80 degree days, um, you know, and I, I basically... Uh, from the very beginning, I was one of the, I, I'm going to say I was one of the first people around to not wear masks. I never really wore masks, maybe for a week, maybe. Um, but then after that, it, and yeah. they weren't even masks because there weren't masks available. It was a bandana or a t-shirt sleeve or mm-hmm. something like that just to, you know, go along, mm-hmm. to, you know, get along kind of thing. But then after that, my my rational brain like kicked back in because I, I was a little trauma-based mind control, controlled for the mm-hmm. first week. Um, and some people still haven't broken it, but, um, then my rational brain, logical brain started kicking back in and my 10 years of clinical OSHA training. I ran dental offices, uh, dental offices for 10 years and we were considered a, you know, a, uh, basically how they differentiate between somebody sitting in an office chair and their OSHA protocols and, um, medical facilities has to do with how many blood-soaked gauzes you have uh, per year or per, per day, something like that, right? So we, we were considered, because it was a dental office, one of the, the highest levels. Um, so we had to do clinical OSHA training every year, and especially somebody like me who kind of, like, did it all. Like, I wasn't a dentist and I was not a hygienist, but I could clean children's teeth. I could take x-rays. Mm-hmm. I could sterilize. You know, I could assist. So um, when, when you have clean rooms, operatories, and you also go into the front office and have to do insurance billing and treatment plan coordinating and answering reception, answering phones, scheduling appointments, all of those things, you're pulled from the back to the front office um, a lot during the day. And so in these yearly clinical OSHA trainings, what they would say they would um, drill into us, especially people who did the crossovers, that it's consider that, you know, that there's an invisible line between the front office and the back office. If you um, were to be inspected by OSHA and the phone rings, you, you're, I'm assisting, say I'm assisting on a, you know, on a procedure, the phone rings, I have to stop, walk to the front. If I have a, if I had a mask under my chin or hanging off of my ear, it would have been an infection control violation, and we would have been fined. Overnight, that guidance flipped on its head. It did. And yeah, overnight. Mm. For a novel virus that nobody studied, that we're expected to trust the science, it settled. All of a sudden, you're not allowed to debate it. Experts aren't allowed to debate it. That's part of the scientific method is debate. All debates shut down. Brand new virus. Do what we say. And 
when you really think about it, when my training kicked in, I was like, oh, my God, where are the biohazard been? You know, what what is going on here that, you know, um, operatory protocol in a sterile environment, you know, hanging over a body, open body cavity is when you cover your mouth. And let me just say, it's not to stop the spread of viruses. It's to stop the spread of bacteria. Masks are not for viruses, but yet somehow they convinced most of the planet for at least a year, year and a half, that they would stop viruses. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like they're laughing at us. I'm, I'm sorry. We're like wildly off topic when it comes to talking <laughs> to people about well, family members. It, 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 it may not be too far off topic because apparently... I know I want everyone to make sure they're sitting down right now. There is a new virus, Mm. new virus being reported in China. And we're all supposed to be afraid. This Mm -hmm. one, though, the difference between this one is that it specifically attacks children. I heard about that. Yep. Is there also a rash or something like that? Like a skin rash? I hadn't heard heard about that one. I uh, yeah, I, I refuse to look no. at it. I, you know, like I'm trying to be happy and have positive thoughts and uh, and uh, it would just bring my energy down and, you know, feed the luge or whatever for me to look at this stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, I think we're off topic, but we're on topic because my topic was how do you handle hard topics when people disagree with you? But then there's just so many details within those topics. We all want to talk about our experiences because we're all traumatized. Yes, and and yet they continue to ask us for amnesty. Well, we didn't know exactly. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. This is something that I've actually, sorry to interrupt, but this is something I've been saying since, you know, basically the beginning is that, well, you didn't know. So why are you, you know, it, you know, implementing all of these mandates on us if, right. if you didn't know? Like, it was science. Like, science, you know, Tony Science Fauci was the, you know, the end-all, be-all authority on a virus that nobody knows anything about, correct? Right. So How so is now that possible? And right. how is that possible? Exactly. And because so now we've got these, these mandates right now. People, go, go right ahead, Kitty. Sorry, I'm just saying he he knows the answers because he is the one who created the problem. Oh, yes. oh, yeah, I love that. So, but here, but now, now, like you know, now the Republicans are going to hold these people accountable, right? Like that's their job. We're going to have committees and more committees, and then the committees are going to have committees, and maybe a letter, strongly worded letter, will be written, right? Um, but what's going on now is something that I called from the very beginning was that mandates aren't laws. Nobody mm. has their job. Nobody. We did not tell anybody that they were going to be fired if they didn't get the vaccine. Nobody lost their job because we told their employers that they're to, to fire their employees. No, that wasn't a law. What do you mean? And I said this from the very beginning is that that's what they're going to hide behind is that we didn't do that. It was a, it was a suggestion. Uh, we just gave oh guidance. It no, wasn't law, it wasn't. you know? Okay. So this is actually the way uh, 
the other side behaves, though. So go ahead and play this clip in uh, the, what I just posted in Seeds of Change. This is, this is how they actually act when you try to talk to them. And, I, and I'm going to go right back to my question. How do you have these conversations with people who behave like this? It's a comedian, so of course it's a comedian. Okay, I was just going to ask. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. So here we go. Three. Well, what, let's. Ch- I'm going to make sure the volume's up. Okay. Here we go. Audio check. Yeah. Here we go. And then, and then I'm going to pause it after a couple seconds. How's that volume? Is that too loud? Too Good. Soft? divided politically even you have to admit even if you're like i don't care as long as it's not you know who sounds like a demonic like the devil came out and just whoever i wish the audio was better Is the audio it's bad? It's bad. Oh shoot. He's yeah, but it's it's really funny. I wish maybe I can find it better. Yeah, better. maybe we should just tell people to look up Jim Brewer. That's who that Isn't is. Isn't he hilarious? I love that you knew that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and totally true. Like this plays right into what we're doing with, um, you know, going to, I guess, take our chances with family members. And like I said, uh, mom and I. We we do a, a show every Sunday from three to six, all about this stuff, right? So we clearly are on the same page with I would say ninety five percent of everything. But the things that we're not on the same page with, we can still have an, have an open conversation about, um, it, you know. But there are there is a certain population around right now that if you mention T Rump, you know, or yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, or yeah, can't mention his name because that would just, you know, speak him. You know who. Yeah, right? How do you you talk to somebody who has that, like, clearly, like, it hasn't been put into the DSM yet, but Trump derangement syndrome is definitely, if not a primary diagnosis, but a secondary diagnosis to another mental condition. I think that maybe we can all agree on that. How do you talk to those people? Yeah, the mental condition is trusting the media. It is. Excellent point. I went to my old old chiropractor who was a family friend for many, many decades, actually. I've been taking my mom over to see him since he retired because he had a heart attack. And, of course, we're thinking it's probably because he got the shot. Yes, but I don't anyway, know why a chiropractor would get a shot. But go ahead. Well, he also worked at the hospital. I'm not sure in what capacity, but he also was working at the hospital. If they give chiropractic there, uh, or he was teaching or something, that makes sense. But he was pressured to do it. Anyway, we get there, and I actually bought a table, to, like a portable massage table, a good one to set up in his living room so he could give my mom a back adjustment. 
And he's got this huge screen TV, the biggest I've ever seen practically in a living room. And he's got MSNBC playing the whole time. He turned the volume down. (sighs) Holy mackerel. And it's just on and on and on about the former president being indicted and they never oh, stop up in jail and oh it was but you know this guy he's such a sweetheart we can have a difference of opinion and still care about each other um but it was really spectacular to see like wow this is in people's homes people are yeah. being brainwashed daily yes and I and I have been saying for a few years now, like, and and I'm I'm guilty of it too. I still like give people dirty looks when I see them in the store wearing two masks, um, and, and I'm working on that. Uh, but I I think that these people are not going to be around for much longer, and I think that, oh, you know, like giving them love and um and. Mm-hmm. collecting memories like these people are a library of knowledge that we're not going to have in a minute and so learning as much as you can um on non-threatening subjects and um it just soaking up as much time with this loved one it, it's got some merit to it yeah. other than just all of the time exposing truth um uh-huh. you know no matter the consequences loving these people who aren't going to be around for too much longer might just be the the better path forward. Yeah. When we talk about confronting somebody with different ideas, for me, it's been just family members who did get the shots who I'm worried about. Me too. Really worried about. My uncle, C60, a big bottle of C60. He didn't know what it was. He, um, he put it on his, Salad. <laughs> he thought it was olive oil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's I, funny. I re- no, we've uh-huh. got a relative too that came down to work. We had a small Thanksgiving because we had six dogs. Um seven dogs, six dogs, I don't remember now. Um but too many so dogs. So many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mom came down. Um, and so it's a, we've got a family of four. My mom came and, um, a family friend, his name is Jack. He came and he's the only one of us who was vaccinated and he's on his way out, you know? And so I don't know. I, I just, I try to love Jack as much as possible. He was the only person around and he, I'm way, well past shedding, but the only person that was vaccinated at, at our, at our holiday you know, celebration here. So, and by the way, he only got the first one. He never got any of the boosters, but he's still not doing well. Just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, yeah, a blood clot in his stomach not too long ago. And, you know, just all kinds of, all of the stuff that you, you know, your ear, our ears perk up when we hear about these kind of uh, deaths or uh, complications, illnesses, heart attacks that people survived, like ears perk up especially when you know that they've had a, a vaccine or even when you don't know, like that's the first question. Well, did they get the, get the jab? You know, that's, mm-hmm. and, and that's rude now, right? You're not allowed to ask how grandma died anymore, you know, but back in the day, mm-hmm. everything, you know, every, every unvaccinated, every unmasked person, you know, killed about 150 grandmas. Every death was a COVID death, right? Now nobody's interested 
and how grandma died. And it's kind of interesting. It's pretty interesting, right? That, you know, just in this short period of time, nobody cares how grandma died. I feel like we're not allowed to be confrontational, but the other side is because they've been empowered by the media. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Like we're, we're the monsters. I, I don't know what kind of ninja mind trick they did, but it really felt like that. I was thinking yeah. about the original topic of how do you talk to somebody with varying like a different idea at holidays. And I was, picturing myself a few days ago and what happened. And I realized that I can talk with somebody with a very, like a different set of ideas. If I pretend that I'm really non-committal to all ideas and that I'm just having an intellectual experiment with, hmm, right. Well, Ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Or just say like, well, that's, that what you're saying speculation and what I'm speculation, but it's interesting to talk about, isn't it? Like just being so, I find myself being so non-committal. Yeah, and anecdotal. Not, that's an, that's yeah. another one that people keep keep throwing at at you know a lot of people is that your evidence is anecdotal. Yet people like mm-hmm. okay, so I got into it with an Uber driver one time. Not even my Uber. I couldn't even give him zero stars, but. um he pulled up next to my house, dropped somebody off, and he was in a mask, right? And I was like, masks don't work, and I gave a thumbs up. I went through a phase. Masks don't work, <laughs> I gave a thumbs up. And what did you say? I said, masks don't work, I gave a thumbs up. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, I'm an Uber driver, and, and I can tell you that since I started wearing a mask, I haven't gotten sick. Okay, well... That's good. That's anecdotal. You know, like right. I, you're not a test subject, you know, like it's not like that. But but they will be the first person to dismiss any evidence of because it's anecdotal and throw out an anecdotal uh, reason why he's still wearing a mask, you know, like that's who these people are. So maybe questions, you know, qu- questions might be the, oh, well, that's anecdotal. Like if, I, you know. I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Like, I've got a Christmas party next week, uh, next Saturday. I've got a, a yacht club Christmas party, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to have these kinds of conversations. Um, but maybe I'll learn with this show. Sorry to cut you off, Katie. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. I was just saying that the more noncommittal I am to both. That like both perspectives. If I just act like I'm just being a philosopher, <laughs> then I can introduce ideas without. I call that philosophizing. Mm. I like Katie's yeah. idea of being non-committal, and also like, I guess it varies for me because I have some family members that I just don't talk to anymore. Like I still love them. And I wish them well, but like my uncle that told me that I was a murderer because I wouldn't wear a mask, even though I have severe asthma. And so even though the CDC told these people, you know, like that you should not force masks on people with um, underlying respiratory issues. um, He told me that not being willing to suffocate myself for a stranger 
so that maybe they would have a chance to not get sick, possibly made me a murderer. And so like him, I can't talk to anymore because Bill Gates is his hero and he was first in line for the injection and his daughter is now a they, them. And, you know, he's just like all of the things like fallen into all of them. So he, like, I don't even try to you know, like have um, an experience with him anymore. And luckily he doesn't live in my state. And so we don't have any reason really, you know, to have experiences with each Sometimes other. Sometimes that might be the, the, the best way to do it is just not because there, yeah. there, there, or there's like, going to be you know, some of my family members that are um, native, you know, decided that I was racist for not wearing a mask <sighs> and getting a vaccine, which was like super confusing. Oh yeah. Where'd yeah. That that was, you know, that was always wild to me. Like I literally like, I am part Lakota. So first of all, like I don't hate myself, nor do I hate my tribe. Um, but also I literally like medically died at Standing Rock and then was brought back, um, you know, like for my people. So clearly not racist, but I always thought that that was like a wild, like really funny thing. Um, it was really hurtful at first and then it was like laughable, you know, because it's just so ridiculous. But then like my mom, um, you know, she is very much on the fence about all the things she once told me. Um, like she voted for Biden and I was kind of, she was asking me about who I was going to vote for one time. We don't really talk politics anymore, but she asked me and I was like, you know, I'm not voting like ever again for the rest of my life because I don't consent to any of this. But if I was going to vote, I would hands down vote for Donald Trump. And my mom said, well, but, you know, and I said, I just cannot vote for a pedophile. And my mom said, well, you know, I would rather vote for a pedophile that says nice things and seems like a nice man than somebody who says mean things all the time on Twitter. And um, that, like, you know, I was really confused and kind of mortified. But then she went on later to explain to me that she just doesn't want to know anything about anything. She wants to live in her own world and be in her own bubble and only know about whatever she's experiencing and nothing else. And so, like, while I cannot do that, like, I don't know how to compartmentalize in that way and, like, detach quite like that, um, you know, I can respect that, like, okay, I'm just not going to share some things. But so with my mom, I will tell her, like, hey, mom, out of love, I really want to share this thing with you that you might not want to hear about, and it might feel political to you, but I'm just going to, like, tell you, and then you can make your own decision, and I won't bring it up anymore, but if I don't tell you, then I'm going to feel like a horrible daughter and I'm going to worry and be sad. And, you know, and so we kind of handle it that way. So she'll let me tell her a thing as long as I don't go like on and on in a big rant about it. Um, And with the vaccine, you know, I did have to actually apologize to my mom because I was very afraid of the vaccine. I was not afraid of like COVID or any of that, but I was afraid of the vaccine and, you know, like this forced genocide of people and, Um, I did for a while fall into a little bit of fear. Um, It was a good spiritual journey for me, but I fell into a little bit of fear that, you know, like maybe they were going to create these vaccine camps, you know, and like force vaccinate us and do all these things. And wasn't out of the quarantine camps, I mean, well, New York just um, in their appeal just passed that, that they can take you to one supposedly. So glad I don't live there. But anyway, so for me, you know, like I was very afraid of that. And so I went on and on about with my mom, you know, about, oh, my God, please don't get the vaccine no matter what you do. 
And so I think because she was tired of like hearing me talk about it at one point, she was just like, you know what? I promise you that I won't get it. And we kind of left it at that. And she never did. My stepdad got two rounds of it, but my mom didn't. But I had to actually apologize to my mom recently. And I just told her, you know, like, I love you so much. And I'm so grateful that you didn't get the vaccine. But I also, you know, feel guilty because I negated your sovereignty by, you know, kind of putting you in a position where you had to promise me that you were going to make the choice that I wanted so that I would stop bothering you about it. And that's not fair. And I shouldn't have done that. And that was not okay of me. And so I just told her, you know, like, I'm so grateful that you didn't. And I acknowledge, like, I'm giving myself grace because I acknowledge that I did it. Like, my intentions were good, you know, but I was just as much of a villain in that scenario as somebody right. trying to force you to take it, you know, and I, that's not okay. And I don't ever want to take away your own free will like that. And she told me she appreciated it, but also that she was very happy she didn't get it. And then my stepdad, you know, he's a total different story. I gave him all of the information that I could. And he told me that I was crazy and I belonged in a psych ward and, um, you know, all kinds of different things that I should have my children taken away, like blah, blah, blah. But then he got both of the Moderna vaccines and he has had a lot of health issues ever since. And he will, he's not one to admit that he's wrong, you know, so he'll never tell me word for word, like it was the vaccine that did this. But I think he knows because he did recently and I don't need to be right, you know, and I don't need to like rub it in his face. So I kind of leave it alone. But he did recently tell me that he would not ever get a booster. And so I took that to be his way of telling me, you know, like that he knew it was the vaccine. And I'm just grateful that he knows so then he won't get more. That was, um, he made a concession, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so all, I, all I've tried to do for him is just tell him that I love him very much and like let him know about different detox protocols. And, you know, I own my apothecary and so I make herbal tinctures and teas and stuff. And so... Um, whenever he has a health issue now, it's really sweet because we've never like gotten along very well. But now when he experiences a health thing, he actually trusts me enough that he will say like, Hey, this is what's going on with me. Can you make me something, um, you know, either like a cream or a tea or a tincture. And so then I do that for him. Is that new Lily? Yeah, that's like completely new. And so, you know, so I don't try to talk politics. Like I'll bring stuff up in front of him sometimes. And then um, I usually like don't push it though, you know, because then he'll be like, he'll start to say, oh, that's fucking bullshit or whatever. Um, You know, he told me one time that energy was a conspiracy theory and so was frequency. So, um, you know, so I love him. I don't know how you like live and feel that way but I love him. And so just out of love, you know, I'm like, okay, well, agree to disagree. Like I don't have to like, you know, push it and shove things in your face. Um, but I think it just kind of is about reading the person and I don't want to like monopolize all the time, but just lastly, like one thing I did notice that actually works for me really well. So I wanted to share because maybe it's helpful to anybody else is um, like I used to dread having to go out around people, especially if I knew that I was going to be around people that like clearly, you know, are very liberal and pro-vaccine and pro-Biden and all of the things that I'm not, right? And so I noticed like if I 
thought that way. And I was like seeing these people wearing a mask and like, oh my God, what an idiot. And, you know, having all these thoughts, then my interactions with them would be terrible. You know, like those were the interactions where I would get physically or verbally assaulted by people and without even saying anything to them, they would just like come up and be ridiculous to me. And then I noticed that if I made a point of, you know, like smudging and praying before I went around my family or before I went out into public and just like asking the creator, you know, like, please put me into a position where I can see everybody's highest self and I can communicate with their highest self if I have to communicate with them and they can see my highest self and communicate with my highest self. Or if we're not able to do that, then just make it so that they can't see me at all. And um, when I, and I can't see them at all. And when I did that, it really like helped. I would notice that all of my interactions were really great. And that's when I can go out and like, you know, strangers will come up and hug me or tell me their life story or whatever, or we'll have a political conversation or I can be on an airplane and everybody's agreeing with me that the 13 bloodlines are evil and we're about to unite and overthrow them all. (laughs) And and I don't get like Homeland Security arresting me and putting me in a gulag somewhere. So, you know, like I just thought I would share that because that's been like really beneficial to me if I try to like pray about it and then also remind myself like I want to, you know, put my highest self forward to communicate with their highest self. Oh, that's amazing. Beautiful. Let me, okay, okay, all right. I have a, I would like your, um, like, I guess, hindsight advice, everybody, on a, um, a situation I had prior to COVID, ju- I think just before I went into the hospital in, in 2019, um, we, Joey and I went to a, my husband, went to a housewarming party of, um, I'm not going to use their names, but um, the husband is B and the wife is she. Um, and this is a huge thing for the the husband B because he's lived on a boat for most of his adulthood, and um, he married T, loved 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 Brian and T. We were you know uh, invited to their housewarming party, and I was of course very happy to go i i wanted just right down the street from us too so very happy that they were homeowners so we go and um you know my husband's like ah don't don't talk about politics i had already decided i was not going to talk politics right at this event talk to some people you know very polite very loving laughing making jokes all of these things going all around the house um and then as the evening went on, uh, most of the guests were gone. And he, the, the wife, so says, um, so what do you think about this Trump uh, impeachment? <laughs> and I said, okay. What, what, okay. okay I'll, I'll, I'll pause My husband there. said I wasn't supposed to talk politics. <laughs> I, I was, okay, exactly. Right, right. so... So when you, and of course, and again, I avoided any kind of controversial subject the whole evening, okay? You were so, being so good. I was. So I was. And proud then, of and you. He comes at me. <laughs> so what do you think about this uh, Trump impeachment? All right. So, Mom, let's start with you really quick. Not long. But what? how would you have answered that? 
I would have said that the deep state are a bunch of pedophile demons, and they. Uh, uh, but that's okay because God is going to win. Uh, you probably would have gotten kicked out of the party. Um, I know. <laughs> buzzer. <laughs> yeah. Katie. I actually had this exact thing happen to me. This is so funny. Did you get kicked out of the party? It was not a party, but I met my friend, the friends that I've known for like 20 years. And I thought everything was going great. They got me started in like the variety entertainment world, which I make a lot of my living at now. Like I, I love them so much, but... The guy, they're a couple, so the guy was like, so what do you think about the the Trump impeachment? And I just said, I don't think anything's going to happen. He said, why? Well, because there's nothing there. I don't, I think it's just um, a show. And then I said, you know, what I'm really concerned about is Julian Assange, because I felt like that's something <laughs> we could have You got kicked out. something we could they could like, cause like, I don't know, like Rachel Maddow had mentioned it or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, they did, um, with the, uh, the, uh, his wife got a headache and she just had to go to bed right then. And I really needed to leave. And I didn't, I don't think I was in their house again for like, at least two years. Okay, Lily, Lily. Mine? Am I unmuted? You're, you're, you're unmuted, good. yes. Just look, okay, what, I'm so sorry. It's, I wanted to make sure it was still like opposite day with this mute button. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, okay, so, um, for me ahead. it depends like if I, if I don't, if I don't care about getting kicked out of the party, which is normally like my mode that I'm Let's operating under. Cared. Then I would be like your mom, you know, and just no filters, like I'm just going to tell you the exact truth about things. <laughs> but if it's like a situation like with my family, like with my stepdad, right, and he's going to ask me about something to intentionally create like a conflict and I don't want to be kicked out of my family's holiday because that would suck for my children, then, um, you know, I kind of take like... So it depends what it's about, like a cowardly approach sometimes where I just kind of pretend like I didn't hear him. And well, we're talking about felt- somebody who says, you know, directly, so Danielle, so Lily, what do you think about the Trump indictment? I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> impeachment. Then I think that I would just say the quote, you know, the whole world is a stage and whatever happens will happen. Like, I think that that's, you know, like kind of what I would go with because that keeps them guessing, right? Like they can't get mad at you because mm-hmm. you didn't give them an answer either way. Like, because somebody like that, I don't think you're probably going to wake them up, right? Like if they're really excited about somebody being indicted on false charges just because they're a bad person that they hate because talking heads on the TV told them to hate them, that I don't feel like I'm going to change their perception, right. Or like help wake them up or, or anything else. And so, you know, if it's a situation where I need to like be able to still like exist in that space with that person and I can't be honest, you know, then I'm not going to sell out and lie for sure. 
but I also am not going to like waste my time engaging in really a discussion with them about it. And so I feel like just, you know, something like that, that keeps them kind of like, they can't really get mad and they can't, you know, like they just don't know what to do. It catches them off balance. And then what are they going to say? You know, that's great. Okay. So I think every, every one of us would have been kicked out of the, out of the party. Unless you, unless you, you know, um, unless you pretended you were deaf, you know, uh, other than that, because I, so what I said was, well, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> and then I, I said, let me show you a video of Joe Biden saying precisely the same thing. And, you know, and they were like, mm-hmm. no, they fought it for a while. No, no, no. And then they halfway listened to it. And then I said I had to pee. And then when I got out of the bathroom, we were asked to leave. Oh, my oh. God. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. So, so I, okay, Danielle, but I want to hear the, the last part of the story. How did Joey respond? He was just as shocked as I was because he was there. Remember, like, okay, so my husband has this way of, be, of like, saying things to me, like, we, so this is what we do, like, um, this is how we acknowledge it, you know, in our relationship, that I, I feel like he's giving me the deodorant conversation, right? like, telling That's me Joey. something that, like, you know, don't, you know, don't go to uh, um, our, uh, um, our friend's party without putting on deodorant. Well, of, co- well, of course, I, I know that I, <laughs> I shouldn't stink when I go to... Uh, a party right. and he's not telling me that I'm I think but he you know and so uh, extrapolate that into po- the political world don't say anything yes. but, you know don't be you know don't yell at people because I do sometimes when I'm right um we all do I think um and so we we had of course this this don't uh you know be sure to wear deodorant conversation before we went to this housewarming party and right. I completely stayed away from that conversation. Completely stayed away. Um, and she ambushes T, the wife, ambushes me and mm-hmm. asks me about this thing. And it's like, okay. Because even after the fact, I was like, Joey, how was I supposed to answer that conversation? How, that question. How was I supposed to do that? Like, is there, in hindsight, like how... It, but it seems like in hindsight, every one of us would have been kicked out of this housewarming party. You know what I mean? Yes, like, would have. Yeah. Yeah. Including Joey. Yeah. Unless you just change the subject or just say like, wow, what an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Like, that's the only thing I can think that I could have said differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and hindsight, you've got a hindsight, Katie, too, on this because you had a similar situation. And I think that yours was probably the best answer out of all of us. And you still got kicked out. I'm sorry, but like these people are nuts. I know. Well, because Julian Assange was responsible, so called, for their precious candidate not getting into office. Oh my God. <gasps> I love, love Julian Assange. Instead of looking at the crutch. Instead of looking at the reality of what he knows, they're blaming him. That's so crazy. I was yeah. just looking up. So earlier, somebody said that they were being called a racist because of not taking the vaccine. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, for I sure. Thought, that person probably killed 250 grandmas. 
<laughs> well, here's this. I looked up propaganda technique with calling somebody racist. Dog whistle. Ambiguous messaging used to stoke racial fear and anxiety and or to covertly signal allegiance to certain subgroups of an... So I think, okay, interesting. Tell me more. An effective racial dog whistle always grants the dog whistler plausible deniability to not only deny the real intent behind the messaging, but to also accuse anyone suggesting a racial double meaning as being racist for pointing it out. Ah, this yeah. is so convoluted. Like, how yeah. did they, how did they equate racism with not getting the vaccine, especially when a lot of a lot of minorities do not want to take the vaccine because they my hands raised. honestly my hands raised. Yep, they don't conditions. <laughs> we live in San Diego, so we we do have quite the minority population here. Um, you know, especially um, you know Mexico being right here. Um, so it's yeah, it's because of the pre-existing conditions that uh, that plague minority populations. Right. Like I said, I went into the hospital and, you know, I'm, I'm as, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm probably what, like 25 percent less than maybe 25 percent um, Native American, um, but mostly white. Right. And I was, you know, afflicted in with COVID in 2019. Uh, it attacked my kidneys. But these populations who are um, prone to diabetes and heart disease and, and you know, so on and so forth, um, because of their socioeconomic status, if you don't get the the vaccine, then they're going to die because they don't trust the government. Well, same thing with the African-American population. The Tuskegee experiments, you know, left the African-American communities pretty uh, distrusting of the medical community, right? So, um, but it's not. There you go. You know. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. Wow. But so you're saying that the fancy footwork here is that we have to protect them because they're from a lower socioeconomic rung, so they're not going to get themselves vaccinated. So we have to kind of do it for them. Well, protect them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, right. That that is the racist. And of course, that that is that, you know, that mindset is racist on the other end, but they don't quite get that. Yeah. Right. Um, well, so we like, to, they can't protect not, themselves, you know. Yeah, they kind can't. Of Enraging. It's so mm-hmm. condescending. So condescending towards them. Let all right, them Mom. Dis- I'm ready. I'm sorry. Yeah, all right. With it our is- tribe. Lily, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, can't figure out the stupid mute thing again. I'm so irritated. With our tribes, um, you know, they did, went even further to say that they wanted to preserve our language, and the elders are the most people who know our languages, and so they needed to save, we needed to vaccinate all of the elders, and everybody that was going to be around any elders needed to wear a mask and get vaccinated both so they didn't kill the elders and then destroy our language is how it went. And so then if you didn't want to do those things to protect your own people, then it was because you're a white supremacist and you hate your own people yep. and you are a Trump supporter yeah. and you are racist. And this even in like the black community here, like where I live, I'm the only um, 
not black person besides my one Latino neighbor and oh and we have one Korean one but um, other than that it's you know like a very predominantly black community and they're almost all vaccinated because they were told that they were going to die at higher rates of COVID you know like than white people and so they also believe that it is racist to not have gotten the vaccine. Yeah, right. Because then they were, like, the media told them that we were white supremacists, that if we did not want to get the vaccine, it was on purpose because we wanted them to die, because we knew that they were going to die at higher rates from COVID, and that's what we wanted. That's that's, that's just insane. So many levels of fucked up. So many levels. All right. Okay. Okay. So on that note. uh, on that note, news report. it is time for the good news. So I want to start off, Danielle, I just put it in your Telegram folder. I hope you're logged on. Yep, yep, yep. It'll be the, it'll be the last one in there. This is a few years old, but it's solid gold. And I want you guys to listen to uh, – well, just go ahead and listen, and then you tell me what you think. Ooh, this is Jordan Sather. Okay, good stuff. Here we go. Uh, three, two, one. You oh, first. Let me let me let you um, let me know if this is messed up volume. But um, okay. here we go. Three, two, one. It's good. Have you ever wondered why we go to war, or why you never seem to be able to get out? of Is that good? Because I think I might good. be able to download this if it's not good. It's good. Okay. That why there is poverty, division, and crime. What if I told you there was a reason for it all? What if I told you it was done on purpose? What if I told you that those who were corrupting the world, poisoning our food, and igniting conflict were themselves about to be permanently eradicated from the earth? You might think that an idealistic fantasy. Well, let me tell you a story. We acknowledge there are criminals, of course. They rob your house, they steal your phone, They can murder you, too, if they think they can get away with it. We have all experienced criminals in one way or another. Criminals, as we know, are those who choose personal gain over the rights of others and have no regard for the law. But here is where you need to expand your thinking. Criminals can also succeed in business and politics and can be elected as our leaders. If a criminal became the president, imagine what they could achieve. They could use the full weight of their executive power to commit much larger crimes and ensure they and their friends were enriched to the fullest extent possible. A criminal president could create alliances with other criminal presidents and then collaborate on more global criminal activities. Anything goes. Drug running, human trafficking, whatever makes the big bucks. The 20th century was turbulent with war, economic disaster, famines and displacement. We have always accepted these things as just human nature, and simply the way the world works. Something inevitable, and due to the weaknesses of human nature that drive us to these actions. Is that still good? The background noise might be a little much. It's fine. Okay, great. This is where we were all tragically wrong. You are not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. So how can we just assume that it is human nature that is driving all this pain and misery? if it wasn't human nature at all, and as a result of something more deliberate. We were taught that capitalism was the cause of a massive rich poor divide and the reason for poverty, which in turn is the reason for war, crime, and starvation. Others were taught that communism, the system of equal wealth across all people, 
was really to blame for the mess. But you see, folks, it is none of these things. It is not our nature to fight and be racist. It is not in our nature to rob from others. What you must learn is that it was the criminals all along. Yes, they got power. More power than a criminal should ever have. They rose to the top of media companies that control our news and entertainment. They ascended to the top of the banking system, also to the Oval Office, to Brussels, to the Vatican, to the Crown. They crept in quietly. They became leaders of agricultural companies who have control over our food supply. Also big pharmaceutical companies, the ones we trust to help us when we're sick. Nobody stopped them, and they just recruited more criminals to help them. First, they accumulated the world's wealth. They invented a system of money called central banking, which lends money to governments with interest, placing countries into eternal debt. People's wealth got less. Their wealth got more. Much more. When a criminal is already as rich as they can get, and protecting their ill-gotten gains becomes the priority, angry citizens tired of being poor are a major obstacle and can revolt if they suffer enough. The criminals needed to prevent this. So they diverted attention to the last remaining competitor, the people of the world. You and me. We were not happy being ruled by criminals and having to work three jobs just to survive. What's that? I said, there you go. Okay. All right. Yeah. But we're going to keep going because this is a great video. Absolutely. Okay. They know we won't accept it. So they use their control of the media to set black against white, woman against man, young against old, Muslim against Christian. They convinced us we were the problem so that we would fight and destroy ourselves. To get it done faster, they attacked all aspects of humanity that make us strong. Like family using their influence over culture. They popularized lifestyle choices that led to a surge in broken homes, lost youth, and substance abuse. I could talk all day about how else they deliberately weakened us and it would turn your stomach. We were just trying to get on with living. So where are all the good guys? Good people just want to get married, have kids, make a living, and enjoy their liberty. Well, there were good guys, many. One became the president of the United States in January 1961. He knew about these criminals and wanted them gone. He knew their intentions for us all and he wanted to fight them. Sadly, he had no idea how powerful they had become. Reagan also had good intentions for the American people. He knew this criminal mafia controlled almost everything by the stage, including the powerful rogue intelligence agencies. His economic policies were promising, but the criminals needed a weak America to hold on to their power. Reagan was shown with a bullet that a growing U.S. economy and prosperous citizens were not what the criminals wanted. It was looking pretty grim for good people. Every time someone wanted to stand up and do the right thing, they got stopped. Were we ever to be freed? These criminals are also known as the Deep State, or Cabal, because of how they control things behind the scenes. Every president after Reagan was one of these Deep State criminals, and their empire got even stronger. With each bad president came new deaths America and the world would sink. The world collapsed into darkness. Do you need me to tell you how? Destroyed factories, declining job numbers, sicker people, opioids, 
destruction of Iraq, Syria, and Yemen with pointless war, displacement of people into Europe, ISIS, terrorism, collapsed governments, poverty, and genocide. Total misery. Do you think that was inevitable? Hell no. Well, here is where things start to take a new turn. When the full picture comes to be known, it'll... Yeah, okay, so, and this is where we can start debating. Besides the Reagan one, I don't, I think that Reagan was, uh, was part of the deep state, but that's debatable as well. The rest of this, I think, can be debated. So here we go. Three, two, one. Forever be regarded as the greatest story ever told. Well, here is the top line. Some good people still held positions of power. They valued humanity and the rule of law. While the criminals discussed their game plan at the annual Bilderberg meetings, the good guys were making plans of their own. The information age was coming to change history forever. As the internet flooded into every home and appliances became smarter, and when people started carrying tracking devices, an opportunity to put an end to criminal control over the world was emerging. We became connected, trackable, and surveilled. But so did they. They became dependent, just like we did, on email, SMS, instant communication. It made crime much easier, but it also put them on a grid that, if accessed by the right people, would expose their crimes to the public and end their iron grip on us once and for all. In this new age of information, it was thought that the military should also have its own intelligence agency to focus on cybercrime and espionage. They called this the NSA, the National Security Agency. The relevance of the NSA in the story cannot be understated. Here we had every phone call, email, and text from every device stored and archived. Whether it be someone making a doctor's appointment or the deep state setting up a massive heroin purchase from the Taliban. In the right hands, it would be enough information to expose the entire sinister criminal plot to rub us blind and wipe us out. Hold that thought. Now I need to explain. Explain. The good guys were divided. Even more debatable considering where we are now. Okay, so hold on. I'm sorry, what? I said, so hold on. That was the point of having you guys watch this video. Oh, it's not, what it's not happened. I know it's not. Oh, okay, but that's, so there's a so what at the end. Go ahead. Yes. No, for sure. I'm just saying that, like, the first part of it wasn't really debate In our circle, I don't think it's debated at all. The, the second part um, can be debated. The third part should definitely debate it. Okay, three, two, one. Go. It would involve alliances with multiple countries since the criminals had global rap lines, train, and other infrastructure in place that would need their cooperation. It came down to two choices for America. Launch a military coup to seize the government from whichever cabal puppet was in the White House at the time, or win legitimately, take control of the NSA, expose the criminals for what they are, and arrest them all. Obviously, the first option would be very troubling for the public. With people still preoccupied with cabal-engineered social issues, they would likely revolt and hurt themselves and others. No, it would have to be the latter. So they needed a candidate who could win, and who could win big. Many states like California had been so heavily inundated by criminals that even voting machines were electronically set up to swing votes any which way. It would need to be a very decisive victory. Good patriots in the U.S. military and their global partners asked Trump to run for president so they could take back control of America legitimately without alarming the public. 
Trump was a good choice, obviously, because he overcame the voter fraud and won. But he was a patriot, and he was loved and admired by the public. He was not interested in joining the cabal, mainly because they hated America, and he did not agree with them on that point. As soon as he showed interest in taking power, they activated their media assets to viciously turn on him. That's when we saw the sudden hatred emerge. Even when he won, the cabal still had no idea what he was a part of and the sophisticated plan that was about to unfold against them. Shocked at their loss, they mobilized their full arsenal of intelligence, media, money, and technology to try and take back power. There were people at the top of the DOJ and FBI that put together a plan to claim Trump and have him impeached. This is where we come back to the NSA again. All messages were stored and could be used to expose this plot and prevent Trump's overthrow. An entire book will be written about the first two years of Trump's presidency. False flag terror attacks, downplays, missile alerts, assassination attempts. Here is the point. The world is currently experiencing a dramatic covert war of biblical proportions. Literally a fight for Earth between the forces of good and evil. I can't put it in simpler terms, but I can say it appears the good guys are winning. The Cabal had complete control over North Korea. They hijacked the Kim dynasty, took them hostage, and worked to build up a nuclear arsenal that threatened the world. Kim Jong-un suddenly embracing peace was simply because the deep state were beaten and driven out. ISIS was also destroyed in the year following Trump's win. We are all starting to see the pattern now that enough time has passed, that our biggest global concerns are starting to recede, and peace is returning. It is all evidence that the good guys are winning the war. But we are still in the middle. While a lot is improving, it still puzzles many that most of these known criminals are still free, especially the higher-ups like Hillary Clinton, the Bushes, and Obama. That is coming in the next chapter of the story. That's why we have Q. The good guys with control over the NSA began the Q intelligence dissemination program to invoke an online grassroots movement that came to be called the Great Awakening. It started on underground internet channels and then moved to the mainstream. Q has been a fun distraction for those who follow world events and desire truth, but it is about to begin a much more important and necessary phase, keeping the public informed when the deep state war breaks out onto the surface. By this, I mean high-profile arrests. Yes, folks, the criminals I'm referring to are famous politicians, actors, singers, CEOs, and celebrities. People who have earned our trust, respect, and admiration. They have done very bad things that are all fully known and documented, and they will be severely punished. Those of us who have followed Q since the beginning will be here to help you make sense of the coming events. We are among the first to realize that our petty partisan divisions are just trivial distractions, and we are all enslaved by a hidden enemy. We realize that the problem is never capitalism or socialism, Democrat or Republican, black or white, Muslim or Christian. We know it was just very powerful criminals who had too much power. Fellow slaves, it's time to buckle your seatbelt, recognize your true enemy, and embrace a new future that we all owe to the brave patriots who risked their lives to achieve this victory against the greatest force of evil the world has ever known. May God bless America. Okay, all right. That was kind of intense, right? Um, uh, Mom, it's your report, so if you want to go first. 
I do want to go first. Okay. So, what but, 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 but. You're excited. Your heart rate's up. That video got okay. your heart rate up. You've got to calm down. <laughs> the so what is all that happened after. Okay, so the first thing I want to point out is that who was the person? Pop quiz. Raise your hand if you know. The first person that Donald Trump appointed to his cabinet. Oh, me. Me. Um, Pick, go. Anybody else want, what, anybody else want it? No? Michael right. Flynn. There you go. To okay. the NSA. Right. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. And he appointed I will him recuse to... myself from the next pop quiz. Pop quiz. Okay. And he appointed him to lead the NSA. You notice that Joe M. <clears throat> is who did that video, by the way said that the NSA was the most important uh, cabinet position in his lineup. So what, what did we go through? We went through two impeachments. We went through Russiagate. We got rid of Michael Flynn. They went after this man. And again, we could go back and debate all of the presidents since Ronald Reagan were all deep state. You didn't get to see the pictures, but they showed the Bushes, they showed the Clintons, they showed Obama, and and as as part of this cabal that they he kept talking about, okay. And then we get Trump. He kept talking about that the final battles are being won, in spite of all of this. And so, what did they have to do? They had to unleash COVID on us. They had to impeach him twice. They had to steal an election from him, all of it, because for all the reasons that Joe M. mentioned. <clears throat> now, keep in mind that video was done in like 2019 before COVID happened. Um, I think well before 2019. Let me check the date. Go, keep going. He said it's a few years old. 2019, 2020 is 2019, I think, when that video got made. It was after Trump's election. He made a bunch of them, keep in mind. Okay. Yeah, but I've so seen this, that. Yeah, keep going, keep going. But I'm looking at okay. the date. Okay. So then we get COVID. Okay. And mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. And, and they, it makes it possible for them to get this guy out of there. However they did it. <clears throat> You'll never convince me that that election was legit. So here we are. We come to find out that through all of this, that behind the scenes, more and more and more, um, that the the good guys are still winning. Argentinian president signs agreement with the Sound of Freedom pr- producer to eradicate child trafficking. So apparently a guy named um, Eduardo Verastue is running for president of Mexico. And they sign an agreement to end child trafficking coming across in in both of their countries. Um, we find that um, the cases that are against that we find that uh, Oliver went on national television and told the world that the election was stolen. We find that for the first time in 50, 55 years, there's not a bush a Clinton, a Cheney in office, in any public office in the United States, 
They're arresting people in the Pentagon, in major media outlets for child pedophilia. They're arresting, um, here, is this the article? Let me see. <clears throat> They're arresting people uh, all over the United States. And back to Pizzagate. Danielle wanted to talk about Pizzagate, and so did I. Back when Trump was running, and keep in mind, I was a Ted Cruz supporter. I would have lost. He would have lost Ew. because he didn't, he didn't have what Donald Trump had, which was the backing of a, of a lot of the good guys, believe it or not, just like what Joe M. tells us. But during that time, Julian Assange – and keep in mind, I doubt very seriously if Julian Assange would, was a Trump supporter. But perhaps he realized that a lot of the good guys were supporting him against what I believe was – who I believe is the ultimate evil, and that is Hillary Rodham Clinton. Okay? So Julian Assange re releases a bunch of – a trove, a tranche as they call it, of emails – showing the American people very clearly who these people really are, which um, there's, there's a famous clip of Donald Trump being interviewed by uh, Katie somebody where she turns into a demon. She says, you, those people believe that our government is being run by a satanic pedophile ring. Satanic! And her face turns in. She turns into a, a demon. Sorry. Satanic pedophiles. And along this line is all these emails where released from the DNC, from Hillary Clinton, from all of the big wigs about pizza. John Podesta, Hillary Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, and there, something called Pizzagate arose. There is an organization called Media Matters run by David Brock. And his lover owned a restaurant in Washington, D.C. called Comet Pizza. Uh, I'm sorry, just a quick um, um, correction. Mm -hmm. Not just lover, uh, definitely had the same cell phone plan. Oh, you know? they were, okay. Yeah, it was his husband. Okay. So, yeah, all right. Okay. Continue. His partner, as they say. Mm -hmm. But what they showed us was, that literally in which I suppose my background informs me that pedophiles, groomers, place themselves in positions of power where they're unassailable, quote unquote. Um, and they were using code words for the children that they were raping. And one of them was pizza, lots of cheese, handkerchiefs. <clears throat> so a guy, supposedly a guy goes in and shoots up the restaurant. And uh, yeah, where did the bullet land? Pop quiz, Danielle. Wait, no, oh, wait. Oh, oh, I, I know this one. That's a trick. You know, me that's too. easy for me. Anybody else? Okay, wait. Anybody else? Lily. No, Lily, not mom. Where you know. <laughs> okay, Lily, where did the where did the bullet go? The server. He shot the server. Yeah. Can you freaking believe of all of all the lucky shots on this freaking planet, it went right through the server. Okay. Hmm. And so 
he goes sorry, in there because, I have to, I, you know, I have researched Pizzagate more than most. I'm kind of itching to fill in a detail. Um, this was less than one month, you know, after the we election. found out, we yep. found out that the server of Comet Pizza had um, a, uh, a login only, a members only section that right. when you log into it, it shows a whole menu, you know, of, you know, uh, Hawaiian pizzas, you know, a, a Haitian specials, you know, in a private login. Now, less than a month after that was um, exposed by Titus Frost, look him up. Titus Frost, less than one month after the story was exposed, Alephantis was not only shot up by uh, the the shooter, I don't even remember his name. I don't um, either. But what, James Alephantis uh, was on Megyn Kelly and talking about this whole thing that he's just like this poor pizza owner, you know, yeah. that is, that's gay and being targeted. Oh, yes. And, oh, and yes. you know, yeah. So fortunately, there were no children being held here. But he shot right into the server. Amazing. Amazing shot. Like, it, what are the odds? Okay. So what they did was they went on a full court press to, quote, unquote, debunk the rumors that, that we are being – our government is being run by satanic pedophiles. Um. And all of it was hushed up. We were censored. Twitter took our posts down. Danielle still, to this day, has problems with her Facebook because of the Pizzagate stuff that she was putting up. Well, this week, it's back in the news because a a Texas A&M University, I put this in the good news because every time I hear of a pedophile being arrested, I celebrate that. Texas A&M University employee arrested on child pornography charges. FBI uncovers use of pizza as code word in chats. A Texas A&M University employee, Clinton Herndon, has been arrested by the FBI on charges related to child pornography. The arrest came after agents executed a search warrant at Herndon's residence and found evidence of his involvement in receiving and possessing child pornography materials. Harnden held the position of Senior Administrative Coordinator at Texas A&M. His LinkedIn profile indicates that he's been employed at the university for more than a decade, but only took on a senior administrative role in 2020, interestingly enough. Um, According to the FBI uh, affidavit attained by Current Revolt, the investigation began following the arrest of Sarah Chadwick in Michigan on November 8th for possession and distribution of child sexual abuse material. They call it CSAM, child sexual abuse material. During her post-arrest interview, Chadwick revealed her communication with Harnden via WhatsApp, where they exchanged significant amounts of CSAM. Further analysis of the chat between Chadwick and Harnden revealed that Harnden used the term pizza as a code word to discuss CSAM. According to FBI Special Agent Dimitri Willis, Chadwick and Harden used the term pizza to talk about CSAM during the interaction. I know from my training and experience that, interesting, I know from my training and experience that pizza and or cheese pizza is a known slang code word used by individuals to discuss CSAM in public forums without detection. 
after sharing the CSAM. Okay, pop quiz. Who's surprised? Not freaking one of us. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Bueller? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, okay. no. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, it was all true. And they censored us and silenced us. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. something else that was true, natural immunity, better protection from COVID-19 vaccine than, uh, than COVID from COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, people with protection against COVID-19 following recovery from the illness were better protected than those who received the COVID-19 vaccine. Anybody surprised? Probably not. No. That's, that's great news. Um, Unanimous. This is kind of sad. New report, young people dying of cancer at explosive rates after taking the vaccine. Um, Let's see. Where's my more? I want some more good news, though. Uh, (laughs) I need it. Um, Netherlands. Yeah, because that last uh, one was everything is stupid, just so you know. Yeah, it was in the everything is stupid. Right. Um, So uh, Gert Wilder, Wilder. was elected in the Netherlands. Um, um, what is his name? I want to say his name right. Javier Malay was elected in Argentina, both considered to be far right, <laughs> um, but, but actually they're just their country first. Okay, um, and so that's good news. They call it the Trump effect. Um, it looks like we have more evidence of Muskegon voter, voter fraud. We have uh, we finally got the video interrogation from the GBI. They've been holding these interviews since right after the 2020 election. Um, it looks like they're they definitely have uh, evidence now that uh, Michigan was uh, Muskegon is Wisconsin. They have the voter fraud evidence in Wisconsin. Um, it looks like a federal judge ruled that um, against voting machines in the upcoming Georgia election, which I'm super, super excited about. It says a federal judge appointed by Obama just ruled against voting machines in Georgia. The machine's cybersecurity flaws violate the constitutional rights of voters um, to cast their votes and have those votes uh, uh, the lawsuit filed by individual voters and election security advocacy, advocacy group, the Coalition for Good Governance, argued that um, the machine's cybersecurity flaws violate the constitutional rights of voters to cast their votes and have those votes accurately counted. Her name is Amy Totenberg. Uh, said that the evidence in the case does not suggest that the plaintiffs are conspiracy theorists of any variety. Indeed, some of the nation's leading cybersecurity experts and computer scientists have provided testimony and affidavits on behalf of plaintiff's case in the long course of this litigation. So apparently, this judge knows, finally, that the voter voting machines, which we've known since 2020, um, are flawed and that, that they can be hacked. Um, and so Georgia is – you can take that one off the board for another steal in 2024, which is great news as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh, we have another pedophile that's going to prison for, let's see, 150 years. Super excited about this one. Oh, my gosh. He's an ex-Maryland Democrat. He was the mayor 
uh, for uh, he's sentenced to serve 30 years in prison from a 150-year plea deal for child porn case involving over 500 victims. Maybe eligible for parole after 7.5 years. There's a great picture of him with his arm around or uh, Pete Buddy with his arm around Pete Buttigieg. So there we go. Um, it looks uh, like what city in Maryland? Just question. Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What city? Uh, let's see. Hold on. It, oh, it's called City of College Park. Okay. Thank you. Nope. City of College Park. He was arrested um, for distributing child pornography. See, Sam, great picture of him with Nancy Pelosi. Great picture of him with Pete Buttigieg. Remember they kept telling us we were crazy, that saying that a bunch of uh, sick pedophiles were running our government? <gasps> Who freaking knew? Um so, yeah, he's going to prison for a very long time. That makes me happy. I think that's great news. Let's see. Um, okay, here we go. Media matters. This is what I'm going to finish with. I would like for anyone in this audience to tell us what they know about media matters and what they actually do. Does anybody know? I'll go last since I know I know the most. Okay. Uh, Katie, Next, do you want to go next? First? Um, are they supposed to be like a media watchdog or something? Like, they, um, yeah. Yes. So they're mm-hmm. just basically a, some kind of propagandist outlet, I would imagine. They are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the Democrats. Yeah. Um, and they yeah. also mm-hmm. um, uh, hosted or um, owned Correct the Record which was an early uh, troll farm that was released on Bernie Sanders supporters, possibly Trump supporters, where it was just, you know, people going in and, and no matter what the point is, saying, you're so fucking stupid. I can't believe mm-hmm. that you can't see, you know what I mean? Like, we all experienced mm-hmm. that stuff if we've been on Facebook for a while. Lily, what do you know about them? I'm sorry, what? It's okay, honey bun. We were talking about media matters, and we wanted to know right. if you knew, knew anything. Yeah, or what, what do you what know you... about media matters? Wasn't that the group that was run by the guy and his porn star wife? And they were, yeah. like, fact-checking all of the things, but it was oh, just no, literally, Snopes. like, the two of them. Oh, no. no, that was Snopes. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. getting them mixed up with Snopes. Never mind. Same, same difference, same though. Thing. Yeah, same thing. Okay, so Media Matters, what they would do is they would pick a a so-called right-wing or conservative um, media person, and then they would create buzz around this media person that this person was a racist, homophobic, xenophobic, uh, something-phobic, whatever – and yeah, then they however, vote. however, Media Matters went after Bernie supporters before they went after conservatives. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Were okay. they the same people that put all the child porn into the Bernie groups to get us yep, banned? That's them. Yep, that's them. Yeah, okay. those, those were despicable cretins. Despicable cretins. Okay, so they're, but they're a lot older than that. Their first target, Danielle, and it was never successful, was Rush Limbaugh. And what they, they used the power of social media and they would create hundreds of accounts and then they would point to those accounts, say, see all these people believe this thing, 
advertisers about this person. So advertisers, mm-hmm. you mustn't advertise and, and ruin your brand and have your brand attached to this person, okay? And and see, here's all the evidence of this bad person, and you should you should never advertise with this 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 person, okay? It was semi successful with Rush Limbaugh, but he was a massively uh, um, popular person. They went after um, uh, what's his face too, the one that that knows about the school, Danielle. What, what's his name? The crazy guy with the frog. Alex Jones. He's not yeah, Alex he's Jones. Not crazy, but okay, yeah, that was him. their that was their their first real scalp. They literally got him deplatformed from off of every social media outlet. Scalp. Oh wow, that was Media Matters. That was Media Matters. Okay. Good their Lord. next target, and they were again fairly successful because he lost his Fox News gig, but he started his own media com- company that's very popular. Was Glenn Beck? Glenn Beck took a beating, and and here's the thing: Fox News, of course, is very sensitive to their advertisers, and if they get, you know. IBM, Apple, Disney, Lionsgate, and Paramount um, banking, big car companies to say say that they won't advertise, well, then, of course, they're going to get rid of that media personality. Okay. Hmm. Here's what happened. Just last week, they went after Elon Musk and X, Twitter. Okay. And what they did was, and Elon Musk proved it, like the next day, they created, here we go, a thousand accounts that were made to be white supremacists, anti-Semites, blah, blah, blah. Here we go with the racism business again. And and if you supposedly, they would place this, this post and then refresh it. 1,300 times, 1,400 times, 1,500 times to where the white supremacist uh, post was right next to IBM advertising. And then they went right to IBM and said, look, what's right next to your brand, which is – this is classic media matters, okay? Uh, Elon Musk sued them last Monday because they have all the evidence of how they did it. He's got the – it's his site. The next day after that, Attorney General Ken Paxton is opening an investigation into media matters for potential fraudulent activity after – so they filed it in that district court in Texas. After ex-CEO CEO Elon Musk accused the left-wing media watchdog group of manipulating data on the social media platform. After a slew of advertisers, including, here we go, IBM, Apple, Disney, Lionsgate, Paramount, fled X, formerly known as Twitter, Musk pledged to hit the watchdog group with a thermonuclear watch lawsuit. Media Matters published a report on Friday accusing X of placing ads next to white nationalist hashtags. However, Musk believes that the group completely misrepresented the real user experience in order to mislead advertisers. Republican Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey posted on Sunday that his legal team is looking into the matter. Now Paxton is launching an official investigation with his office after being extremely troubled by the investigation. So I go back to what Joe M. said. There's a lot of good guys, and we're still fighting. 
it's, we haven't stopped fighting. We will never stop fighting. Um, it's gotten so good that we have finally have a Speaker of the House that's willing to fight for us in relation to the 702s that the FBI's been um, weaponizing for, uh, well, obviously since since before Trump was in office, but that's how they, the I'm Russia sorry, what's his name again? <laughs> Who? Mike Johnson. <laughs> Mike Johnson. And they're going after him with everything they got. But guess what? This, the, to, um, um, recertify the 702s, the FISA warrants is coming back up. It expires at the end of the year. And so here we go. We're going to decide whether we're going to give them that power, and I hope it's a no. Other good news, um, the Federal Appeals Court blast Tanya Chutkin. Judge Chutkin signals it will narrow Trump's gag order, which is really great news because it was nasty business to begin with. Um, so a, a gag order was placed on Donald Trump as he fights for his life in federal court against a judge that's obviously biased. She placed a gag order, and it looks like the appeals court said, no, you really can't do that, which we've known that, but they looked like they were getting ready, um, getting ready to get away with it. Um, and so uh, it, that's looking pretty good. Um, Let's see. Here we go. I think that that's all I got for right now. Um, I, I take that back. Uh, we did win a case in Colorado. I think I might have talked about this last week, but I just want to make sure that you guys know they were trying to prevent Donald Trump from being on the ballot in Colorado because he said mean things. Um, that was a win-lose. That was a uh, – well, not really, Danielle. That, not really. I'm in Colorado. You're in Colorado. Tell us if it was a win-lose yeah. or not. Well, it's a win. If he wants to be on the ballot and voters want him on the ballot, then that shouldn't be an issue. I think that they were saying he couldn't be on the ballot because he was an uh, insurrectionist. So right. Yes, he was, she said he was convicted of The judge went up and said, yeah, basically, I know you're guilty of. This is a yeah. judge. Judge should never be able to say he was guilty of an insurrection. Certainly, he's never been yeah, convicted of anything. Yes, I know. The problem is just from watching the local news because that's what they always say. He's off the ballot because of he's uh, incited an insurrection. But then they would soft pedal it like he is. Um, I don't have the exact verbiage, but it was like more alleged insurrection or something like that. Yeah, we we feel like he did. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it feels like it. Okay, exactly, so... Exactly my point, but when a judge get up, gets up there and says, she is allowed to say that. this... She's not know? allowed to say yeah. that. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, even a news anchor, I'm getting really she... tired of the local news just stating that as fact constantly. It's like, don't insult my intelligence. Say you don't hate them enough. You may hate them, but you don't hate the media enough. Uh, I will tell you, this is not great news. It's really kind of stupid and nasty, but a lot of people are, uh, uh, you know, pundits are talking about uh, Trump's dying during his run for the 2024 presidential election. They're talking about eliminating him. So they're they're getting a little unhinged. It's pretty bad. But I'm going to close with the best news ever. You guys are going to be shocked. Guess what? Global warming has been delayed again. 
Can you believe it? Uh, we said they told us we were all going to die. I think you know we only have a couple well, years left, right? Um, so I'm an. This guy says he's. This is David Strong. He says I'm an avid reader of the UK newspaper, The Telegraph. My wife turned me on to it when we got a subscription a few years ago, and don't blink at paying the price, whatever it is. The reason it is both a reliable source of news. Interestingly enough, including U.S. news and lacks the left-wing bias of the New York Times, Washington Post, without being a tabloid. It's a respectable broadsheet, leaning a bit right, but hardly ideologically predictable. A great example of how the Telegraph covers stories that get ignored or downplayed in the MSM is one published today about climate change. It describes a new study out of Ohio State University, interestingly enough, that shows current models which are used to push apocalyptic predictions of runaway global warming grossly underestimate the uptake of CO2 by plants. Who knew that God's plan was perfect? Climate, <laughs> climate hoax falling apart as Earth not warming as predicted by junk, in parentheses, climate models. Hoaxers now blaming plants for absorbing more CO2 than imagined. Who knew? Global warming might not happen quite as fast as we thought. Here's why. Plants. Plants will absorb 20% more carbon dioxide than predicted by the end of the century, a new study has found, suggesting climate models are overestimating how fast the planet will warm. Trinity so what College, those meddling plants? Sorry, those meddling plants. Trinity mm-hmm. College Dublin said its research painted an uncharacteristically pictures for, picture for the planet. Of course, they're going to try to knock it out of the park. But after finding models had failed to take into account all the elements of photosynthesis. <gasps> Shocker. During photosynthesis, green plants use light energy from the sun to convert carbon dioxide, water, and minerals to the sugar they need for growth. Who knew? Scientists thought climate change would we could weaken the process, but the new research suggests plants can adjust. Who freaking knew? Uh, to the temperatures, efficiently absorbing carbon dioxide, producing extra nutrients, and continuing to thrive. They found that on a global scale, the amount of carbon converted through photosynthesis could be up to 68% greater by the end of the century compared to the start of the century and 20% more than some current models suggest. So guess what? We're all going to make it, you guys. Who knew? I'm very excited to report that. Very, very excited to report that we're not all going to die. Um, I want to know if anybody has any questions, concerns, or comments before I run out to kiss my chickens goodnight. Um, I'm going to say that's great news, but that's all I have to say. Okay. I love you, Carla. (laughs) I love you too, Lily. (laughs) Any questions? God is still sitting on his throne. He well, knows no, what no, he's that's doing. Your, that's your, no, that, that's your exit. Okay. Uh, sorry, Katie you're right. Katie, any questions? questions? Sorry, oh, Katie. I was just going to say, we started this. I was going to tell you about the new fad in eating crickets and having crickets instead of uh, flour. Well, cricket No, that'll be, in the, that'll be in the next segment, but mom has to go and well, take what, care of the chickens. No, what I was going to say is how will they convince us to use this if there's not a 
climate change issue? What exactly. will they do with all this? I, I don't know how. Well, what they will do is they will bury this study 100 uh, yards, 100 miles below the surface of the planet, and um, uh, which they probably will. And, and, and then they'll say that they're all a bunch of MAGA uh, white supremacists. Racist. And, yeah, yeah, racist, yeah. And so, uh, but that's okay because we know. We know mm. that that we know that God is sitting on His throne, and that that His plan is perfect, including <clears throat> how to adjust for temperature changes on His beautiful planet. And Katie, I will never eat bugs. Never. <laughs> yeah, have a, not have no. a great week. <clears throat> Be safe out there. Trust your Father God in heaven. He's got this all figured out. Oh, yay. Absolutely. Yay. All right. Absolutely. Oh, wait. Okay. Pray for my chickens, though, because the bobcat was back last night. Okay? Yes. Extra prayer. Yeah. All right, you guys. Have a great week. Take care. You, you as well. I love, I love you, you guys. so Bye. much, Danielle. And it was really wonderful to meet you, Katie. I'm so sorry, but I also actually have to go um, this time. But I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for allowing me to be on, and I will... See you next week. All right. Love you. Great to meet you. Great to meet you. And I love you so much, Dania. I love you. Bye. Okay. So um, we have chickens. I don't know how you feel about farm animals, vegan, you know, any, any of that stuff. But we have a farm a um, couple miles away from the beach in Southern California. And um, we have chickens. It's agricultural land. The, fa- the land has been in our family since it was a sketch on the back of a truck. So it is residential agricultural land um, since oh. the... Yeah, so we, we can have chickens. And however, we do have a bobcat that shows up every, gosh, I want to say about six months. And he goes all the way through the run. Uh, does not get into the coop that's secured. Um, killed a rat. That was kind of cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't pop yet, but um, she's asking for prayers that he just sticks to the rat because every, it turns out everybody likes to eat chicken, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so. Yeah. So we've got a pretty big flock. It would be um, unfortunate if uh, if they uh, perished or were was sacrificed to the uh, bobcat god, however, that's what my mom was talking about. Was the the bobcat? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I so. hope that doesn't happen. I think we're okay. Yeah, so great to have uh, chickens. That's so wonderful. Oh, we love it. It's so great. Yeah, it's it's amazing, especially like through the whole, you know. Um, uh, what inflation of eggs kind of thing all over the country. It was so, so nice oh, to be able to be like, okay, well, we got more than we can eat, you know? So that mm-hmm. was really nice. And you control their feeds. You control how nourishing the eggs are. Yeah, right for there. sure. I've told this story before, but um, I'm not new to chickens. I mean, I'm not, okay, so we've been doing this. We've had chickens since, Gosh, I want to say 2018, uh, maybe 17. And um, the first time we had girls that we started with just like four, 
Actually, we started with just two, but um, when we hit four, we got our first eggs. We got two or three eggs, and I was so excited. Um, mm-hmm. I grabbed the eggs, you know, cracked them open into the frying pan, and they were this very dark mm-hmm. orange, almost mm-hmm. like neon orange color. And so me, I'm a firm millennial, right? And my eggs have always been like pale yellow, right? And so I, mm-hmm. I am like, what is wrong with my eggs? What did I do wrong? Oh what kind of pesticide, right? And so here's my millennial. I'm looking it up on the internet. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is a coming to Jesus moment. That's what eggs are supposed to look like. <laughs> right? And, right, exactly. And so it's been, the whole thing has been a, um, you know, humbling experience, but also a very much, like very much a teaching moment that, our generation mm-hmm. doesn't know what food is supposed to look like. And that's why I focus on it as one of my major three resources that we first have to take back. Like people don't even know what food is supposed to look like. How do we overcome that kind of stuff? What kind of education do we have to, get, you know, to put out there in order for people to know what eggs or food is supposed to look like? It's quite an overwhelming mm-hmm. topic, you know? So, yeah, yeah. love to. When you buy the higher quality eggs, they are incredibly expensive. But I have seen the yolks you're talking about from store-bought eggs, but just really high-quality ones from, you know, natural grocers or something like that. And those are um, free-ranged, um, able to go and pick up the dirt and grab a bug. No, mm. no pesticides, Right. But getting the the right nutrition, even like the feed that we give to chickens, right? If it's just crumble from the mm-hmm. from the store, what is going on with that feed? What additives are being put into that, right? So just letting right. them get the proper nutrition is, um, you know, that's just it's such a rabbit hole, right? That you know when you go down this yeah. rabbit hole of oh my god, we don't even know what our food is supposed to look like. How in the world are we supposed to understand other uh, more evolved plans for control of the people, right? Such as vaccines, such as um, all all kinds of stuff, housing, um, all of it, right? My mm-hmm. current war, media mm-hmm. control. It's so like a, it's a daunting task, and so that's what we do here usually. Um, empowering to be creating your own food just as humans of years like so quickly we became immersed in this system that says you can't make your own food you're dependent on the system and just to have chickens like how empowering it really is it's the most it's the easiest most empowering uh, most defiant thing that we can do is is to grow your own food um, and have your own livestock, right? So um, if it's okay with you, I would like to play just a quick video. Um, uh, Okay, let's see. Ron Finley. Have you ever heard of Ron Finley? I'm not sure. It kind of rings a bell. I'm just pulling up a video. Okay. 
Um, but he's basically a oh no 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 come on oh, back home. he's he's a guy who lives in um, Southern California um, and hold on started growing food on the side of the road you know he was a homeowner but mm-hmm. oh this sounds familiar yeah um, I'm looking it up now. Right. Mm. Yeah, then right, you I'm can, gonna... if you, okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if you're creating your own food, food supply, then you're not dependent on things like what I was going to mention was this addition of bugs to the food system and how people are saying that it's mm-hmm. by a study that says there's parasites in, um, a lot of these crickets. So I was oh, thinking this study from PubMed Central. I had the exact data lined up here right before, but it was like uh, there was a percentage of the parasites that were detrimental to humans. There's a large percent that was detrimental to animals, and then a smaller percent detrimental to humans, I believe, like. 30% found were detrimental, I think. But I'll look for the exact. Good Lord. Exact and this is what thing. we're supposed to use. All right. I found this clip. It's um, just a few, uh, It's 10 minutes. Are you, are you good with that? Sure. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. I live in South Central. This is South Central. Liquor stores, fast food, vacant lots. So the city planners, they get together and they figure they're going to change the name South Central to make it represent something else. So they change it to South Los Angeles. Like this is going to fix what's really going wrong in the city. This is South Los Angeles. (laughs) Liquor stores. Fast food, vacant lots. Just like 26.5 million other Americans, I live in a food desert, South Central Los Angeles, home of the drive-through and the drive-by. Funny thing is, the drive-throughs are killing more people than the drive-by. People are dying from curable diseases in South Central Los Angeles. For instance, the obesity rate in my neighborhood is like five times higher than, say, Beverly Hills, which is like probably eight, ten miles away. I got, I got tired of, of, of seeing this happening. And I, I wonder, how would you feel if you had no access to healthy food? If every time you walk out your door, you see the ill effects that the present food system have on your neighborhood? I see, I see wheelchairs bought and sold like used cars. I see dialysis centers popping up like Starbucks. And I figured, <laughs> this has to stop. <laughs> so so I, I, I figured that the, the problem is the solution. Food is the problem, and food is the solution. Plus, I got tired of driving 45 minutes round trip to get an apple that wasn't impregnated with pesticides. So what I did, I planted a food forest in front of my house. 
It's on the strip of land that we call a parkway. It's like 150 feet by like 10 feet. The thing is, it's owned by the city, but you have to maintain it. So I'm like, cool. I do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> since, I, since it's my responsibility and I got to maintain it, and this is how I decided to maintain it. So me and my group, L.A. Green Grounds, we got together and we started planting my food for us, fruit trees, you know, the whole nine, for vegetables. What we do, we're, we're a pay-it-for-it kind of group where it's composed of, like, gardeners from all walks of life from all over the city, and it's completely volunteer, and everything we do is free. And in the garden, it was beautiful. And then somebody complained. The city came down on me. <laughs> And they and basically gave me a citation saying that I had to remove my garden, which this citation would turn into a warrant. And I'm like, come on, really? A warrant for planting food on a, on a piece of land that you could care less about? <laughs> and I was like, cool, bring it. Because this time it wasn't coming up. So LA Times got, got hold of it. Steve Lopez did a story on it and, and um, talked to the councilman. And one of the Green Grounds members, they put up a, a petition on change.org. And with 900 signatures, we were a success. We had a victory on our hands. My councilman even called and, uh, and said how they endorse and love what we're doing. I mean, come on, why wouldn't they? L.A. leads the United States in vacant lots that the city actually owns. They own 26 square miles of vacant lots. That's 20 central parks. That's enough space to plant 700 million, <laughs> 725 million tomato plants. Why in the hell would they not okay this? <laughs> Growing one plant will give you 1,000, 10,000 seeds. Okay. When $1 worth of, of green beans will give you like $75 worth of produce. It's like my, it's my gospel. I'm telling people, grow your own food. Growing your own food is like printing your own money. I Thank you. I have a legacy in South Central. I, I, I grew up there. I raised my sons there. And I refuse to be a, a part of this manufactured reality that was manufactured for me by some other people, and I manufactured my own reality. See, I'm an artist. Gardening is my graffiti. I grow my art. Just like a graffiti artist, where they beautify walls, me, I beautify lawns, parkways. I, I, I use the garden, the soil, like it's a, a piece of cloth. And the, and the plants and the, and the trees, that, that's my embellishment for that cloth. You'd be surprised what, 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 what uh, the soil could do if you let it be your canvas. You just couldn't imagine how amazing a sunflower is and how it affects people. So what, what, what happened? I, I have witnessed my garden become a tool for the education, a tool for the transformation of my neighborhood. To change the community, you have to change the composition of the soil. We are the soil. You'd be surprised how kids are affected by this. Gardening is the most therapeutic and defiant act you can do, especially in the inner city. Plus, you get strawberries. 
I remember this time, um, there was this mother and a daughter came, they, you know, they were, they were, it was like 10.30 at night, and they were in my yard, and um, I came out, and they looked so ashamed, you know, I saw them like, man, they, they, it made me feel bad that they were there, and I told them, you know, you don't have to do this like this. This is on the street for a reason. Um, it, it made me feel ashamed to see people that was this close to me that was hungry. And this, this, only, this only reinforced why I do this. And people ask me, Finn, aren't you free, afraid people are going to steal your food? And I'm like, hell no, I ain't afraid they're going to steal it. That's why it's on the street. <laughs> That's the whole idea. I want them to take it, but in the same time, I want them to take back their help. There's another time when, when I, put a, I, put this, uh, I put a garden in this homeless shelter in downtown Los Angeles. The guys, they helped me unload the truck. It was cool. They, and, and they just shared the stories about how th this affected them and how they used to plant with their mother and their grandmother. And it was just, it was just cool to see how this, how this changed them if it was only for that, for that one moment. So Green Grounds has gone on to plant maybe like 20 gardens. We've had like people, like 50 people come to our dig-ins and participate in this, all volunteers. If kids grow kale, kids eat kale. <laughs> if they grow tomatoes, they eat tomatoes. But when, but when none of this is, is, is presented to them, if they're not shown how food affects the mind and the body, they blindly eat whatever the hell you put in front of them. I, I, I see young people, and um, they want to work, but they're in this thing where they're caught up. I see kids of color, and, and they just on this track that's designed for them um, that leads them to nowhere. So with, with gardening, I see an opportunity where we can train these kids to, to, to take over their communities, to, to have a sustainable life. And, and, and when we do this, who knows, we might, have, we might produce the next George, George Washington Carver. But if we don't change the composition of the soil, we will never do this. Now, this is, this is one of my plans. This is what I want to do. I want to plant a whole block of gardens. It was just where people can share in the food in the same block. I, wa I want to take shipping containers and turn them into healthy cafes. And, and now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about no free shit, because free is not sustainable. The funny thing about sustainability, you have to sustain it. What I'm talking about is putting people to work and getting, and, and getting kids off the street and letting them know the joy, the pride, and the honor in growing your own food, opening farmer's markets. So, so what I want to do here, we've got to make this sexy. So I want us all to become evolutionary, renegades, gangsters, gangster gardeners. We've got to flip the script on what a gangster is. If you ain't a gardener, you ain't gangster. Get gangster, with, get gangster with your shovel, okay? And let that be your weapon of choice. So, 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 so basically, if you, if you want to meet with me, you know, um, if you want to meet, don't call me if you want to sit around in, in cushy chairs and have meetings where you talk about doing some shit, where you talk about doing some shit.
If you want to meet with me, come to the garden with your shovel so we can plant some shit. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Okay, thoughts. So inspiring. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yes, it takes it down to the basics, what really matters in life. Right. And how do how we control we our Exactly. How are we going to have a revolution if we can't feed ourselves? Or if we're feeding ourselves poison, hard to have a revolution too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any any other takeaways by that? I know that um, you said you lived in, in Denver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this is a little, this subject is a little, little different for you because I live in Eden. I live in San Diego. I, you know, um, Ron Finley lives in <clears throat> South Central. We have, we live in Eden. Like this is the perfect growing mm-hmm. zone. We can grow tomatoes year round. You know what I mean? He's like, plus you get strawberries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can go sh- strawberries yeah. year-round. We are, um, pardon the pun, but low-hanging fruit when it comes mm-hmm. to feeding our community. Um, what about you? Like, do you have, uh, like, what, do you have land, any land to grow or a patio? Or are you sustain, sustaining yourself in any way um, uh, without stores? Or mm-hmm. are you just being mindful of what you purchase. Well, sadly, I, I'm i not growing except for flowers and a few herbs, stuff like that. But there's a couple of fruit trees on the property. This area, my family owns a, a little bit of land, not much, just like a yard, a large yard. And this whole area used to be an apple orchard, so there's apple trees all over here. And a couple oh, on this awesome. Yeah, it is. It's hard when you get caught up in life and the drudgery and just trying to work. Be mindful of it. It's so easy just to get caught up in the rat race. Absolutely. Putting money before everything. But really, what is money? It's energy and so is food. Absolutely. Yeah. And what is, you know, the, uh, what is, um, the most important energy source. It's the, what we put in our bodies, right? So knowing mm-hmm. what we know, knowing the way that the trajectory um, of what's coming, which our eat bugs don't own anything and, and like it, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I, I would love your thoughts, first of all, on, um, on the crickets, because we've not yet to get to that topic, but then, mm-hmm. You know, what is our personal um, accountabilities, responsibilities, place by place? Um, again, I live in San Diego. Uh, I'm, I'm still getting passion fruits on the side of the road every time I do dog walks, you know. Um, oh. So, it's very, it, you know, not only that, but we also have tomato uh, bushes and all, avocado, you know, trees. Like, we're, we're not... Uh, we're not suffering. And of course, the chickens. But um, I also want to make it so that people can take back their food. They just have to pick it from the side of the road. Like, how, like know what food is, right? Like, know that even if, you know, if you're really starving, if things get that bad, nasturtiums can be eaten. Like, there's, you know, mm-hmm. 
That's, so that's what we do. It's a whole spectrum of taking back food, um, whether you've got land or whether you don't. And so that's really what we talk about here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to, I would love to hear about what, the, what they've got planned mm-hmm. uh, for, with the crickets in foods, because I've been seeing a little bit of, about that <laughs> on social media. Well, I pulled out this data, and here we have seeing how healthy this is, like how much parasites are in this mealworms and crickets and I guess also cockroaches. But I'll just tell you about the <laughs> – yeah, so delicious. The experimental material comprised samples of live insects from 300 household farms and pet stores, including 75 mealworm farms, 75 house cricket farms, 75 Madagascar hissing cockroach farms, and 75 migrating locust farms from uh, hmm. Chechia? Czech? I'm not sure what that is. Probably maybe the Czech Republic. I don't know. Anyway, Czechia, Germany, Lithuania, Poland, Slovakia, and Ukraine. So this is older. This is from 2015 to 2018. Parasitic development forms were detected in 244 out of 300 examined insect farms. That's 81.33%. In 206, that's 68.67% of cases, the identified parasites were pathogenic for insects only. In 106 cases, parasites were potentially parasitic for animals. In 91, or 30.33% cases, parasites were potentially pathogenic for humans. I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but that sounds like a lot. It sure does. And, and let me just go one, one step down further in the rabbit hole. And when, they, when every health organization says that ergometrin is, you know, a horse dewormer and people should not take it when it's on the WHO list of essential medicines for humans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, let's like, connect the dots here a little bit. Like, and I'm, I'm wondering why the medical yeah. community won't. That this 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 mm-hmm. parasitic that's been demonized all over the media um, is you know is now um, possibly a cure for whatever parasites are given mm-hmm. to us by you know by cockroaches and crickets. All right, go ahead. Oh, good thinking. Yeah, that was pretty curious how suddenly that. Uh, was just only for horses, even though it had won a didn't it win Nobel Prize for medicine? Well, it was and on the who's it, it was on the WHO's most um, effective or essential um, drugs all around the world. Um, I think it's, it was a malaria treatment. Um, River, you know, like what's that? Wasn't it being used for? It was being used for. Preventing river blindness is what they called it. Right. And then exactly. those people, and then they just didn't get COVID. But nobody exactly. knows why. 
<laughs> yeah, right. So? And you're not allowed to ask questions. Like, like, and that's really like, I, I don't mean to keep going back to this, but that's really what hangs me up is that if this was truly a novel virus, why was there no scientific debate allowed? Why is it that you, you couldn't say mm-hmm. um, that any drugs could be a treatment? You couldn't even, the hospitals, the, the uh, healthcare providers couldn't even really prescribe Tylenol for this, right? And, and of course, anything else like Ergometrin, which right. is, you know, used as a prophylactic when you travel to a lot of places in the world. That you, it's, it's um, you know, a recommended, it used to be, to take a dose of Ergometrin when you go to other countries because of known risks. And the, and the H, WHO sanctioned this. Yeah, it just doesn't take a genius to ask a question to harm people, especially when there's been talk of how the population's too large and they want to sustain life optimally for whoever's here and, you know. Just no, that makes sense. It makes sense why COVID targeted uh, targeted elderly, right? Like there, I, I really do mm-hmm. believe that there's a group yeah. of 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 people who kind of control the world at the moment, working to fix that. That believe that there are things called quote unquote useless eaters, That's right? Right. And, and and the elderly is uh, a prime target. They're past their their time to, you know, uh, pass their time to, um, to work and certainly pass their time um, so that any, you know, younger person goes and asks grandma, well, what happened during World War II? What happened during the moon landing? All of these things, their own um, personal library of knowledge is, mm-hmm. um you know, is is something that needs to be destroyed by the people that call elderly use, useless eaters. You know, like that is how the same. Throw all. How can you throw all that history down the memory hole if there's people who were there who remember exactly. it? Exactly. Yes. I mean, it kind of gives me the creeps to say that, but logically, it is a question. Jeez. Definitely. Um, like, think about, like, um, uh, the Kennedy assassination, JFK. Everybody mm-hmm. who was al- alive at the time, unless they were babies, remember where they were and what they were doing when that happened. You know? And mm-hmm. so everybody was, the whole world was watching this. Kind of the same thing with 9-11. The whole world was watching these events. Um, and we mm-hmm. were, you know, trauma-based mind-controlled into, I guess, believing the official narrative, but when you actually look at it for yourself, when you were actually there and, and witnessing it, um, that knowledge, in, I think, in the grand scheme that's laid out for us that we are trying to fight against, uh, those things need to be erased. Those memories need to be erased. Nobody at that time who was alive then, um, it, it, there's no use in those people and they should go away um, according to the powers that be. And um, so it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to take up the time, but it makes perfect yeah, sense that they would partner the elderly to be gone. 
horrible. That is I know. The good news report is from four to five. So, yeah. <laughs> now we're on to the, <laughs> we're back the hard on the bad stuff. News. <laughs> <laughs> the everything is stupid report. Yes. Now, what? Okay. So, sorry to change the subject because food is definitely important and empowering and all of these things. Um, but would you like to stay on food or would you like to move to Pizzagate? Let's talk about Pizzagate. I mean, it's all connected in a way. Absolutely. What do you know about Pizzagate? I went down the rabbit hole of Pizzagate super intensely in 2015, 2016. Okay. And it was just incredibly chilling. And like... You know, I remember Ben Swan got kicked off the air for even asking the question. Saying, I have the video pulled up. Hey. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Like, what? Yeah. he's just saying, what is this? Let's at least ask. I mean, it's coded <laughs> language. <clears throat> yeah. So we don't know. Let's ask the question. But wasn't he, like, fired from his job? Immediately the and then went into hiding. Mm. Not even asking okay. the question, you know? Yeah, that's all we need to know. What's happening to the people who are asking what questions? Those are the questions we should be asking if it's something bad. Absolutely. Yeah, and then, and then, uh, what's his name? I'm sorry, Epstein just committed suicide, so called. That was super fishy. And then there is autopsy that his bone in his neck was broken. That can only happen with force. Ah, uh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I just remember, I just went so far down that rabbit hole and the connection. Well, there's, oh, there's just so many things to investigate. There's the Franklin cover-up. I studied that. I studied Epping when he was just on house arrest, and I was like, what's happening to this guy? Why is he only getting this slap on the wrist? This is so obviously, you know, preferential treatment for the rich, I thought. But really, come on, it's probably the blackmail going on there as well. Mm-hmm. Or just, who knows what his power is. So, yeah, and then, like, yeah, I definitely investigated that for myself. I looked up the actual emails, the Podesta emails. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. looked at all that weird art that Podesta had in his home. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just, there was a really good video on YouTube at the time, and you can still find it if you dig around for it, I think. So it was some British person had made a video, Pizzagate, what we know so far. And so I watched that and I, I found it very convincing. There's too many, too many weird things. Right, right. And, yes, exactly. Um, so far, okay, so let me just clarify that Pizzagate is under the umbrella of Pedogate, right? So when you look right. in the Franklin credit union scandal, right, that you were talking about. It's Boys Town, all of those things. 
uh, you're not going to see pizza references in that right. scandal, right? But mm-hmm. but there is a a much bigger umbrella that circumference, you know, that, that basically enwraps mm-hmm. everything um, that has to do, uh, you know, with one, you know, one definition, which is uh, the sexual abuse of children and the systematic cover-up that that follows. That's that's the definition. Is that there are there is sexual child abuse to what end? I, I'm not speculating at this point. You know, for its, if it's for mind control um, or Black body, what's that? Blackmail of politicians. Correct. Correct. It's, yeah, that's what it seems like Epstein was doing. Yes. And I believe that Epstein was under Pedogate, right? Not Pizzagate. Yes. Correct. So, Good um, specification. Yeah. And I've done many interviews with victims, survivors throughout the years. Um, and it it really does seem like it goes, you know, it's, it's the, the colonial secret. You know, that's... Wow. That is the last one that they're going to let go of, is is the mm-hmm. control of children and politicians and the geo-economic, political, economic elite. You know what I mean? Like all of these, mm-hmm. you know, systems, entertainment, financial, all of it go, you know, it's all controlled. Um, you know, we are, mm-hmm. the United States is in control of the biggest killing machine in the history of mankind and money isn't even enough to persuade votes. So it needs to be controlled in every facet. Right. And um, Mm -hmm. I think that there is uh, some, something to respect in these people and, and how they have controlled the masses, right? Not respect and follow, but respect meaning understand what they've done to us. Um, they yeah. know us rather than we know ourselves, regard. right? Mm-hmm. Take notice, regard, examine. Exactly, exactly. So I feel like I'm dominating the conversation. Is there any any way you want to um, take this conversation or would you like me to play the Ben Swan clip? It, you know, oh, ooh, actually, yeah. sorry, I'm yeah, I'm going to play I a two-minute clip. Find You'll totally appreciate this, okay? Okay. Three, two, one. Donald Trump has had a disastrous few weeks. If you look at the polls, he needs a miracle. Is that loud enough? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, in the American political lexicon, there's such a thing as the October surprise. The stuff that you're sitting on, is, is an October surprise in there? So this is Julian Assange, one of his last uh, interviews um, with a German outlet, okay? Mm-hmm. Have you heard this one? I may have. Okay, here we go. We Do you even know what you're sitting on? WikiLeaks never sits on material. Uh, our whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old that works for the DNC, we shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? 
No, that's, there's no finding. So, uh, what are you suggesting? Of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks, and they are they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, we don't comment on who our sources but are. Why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because uh, we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States, and that our sources are. You know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, that's why they come to us, so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, but it's quite something uh, to suggest a murder. That's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have have suggested that uh, we are investigating to understand uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. Uh, there's not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to um, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly, um, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens. Oh, okay. Oh, do you remember that one? I do. Yeah. So That's when we're talking about... So important. Yes. And this is the same, I believe, I believe that the Podesta emails were leaked by mm -hmm. Seth Rich to WikiLeaks, mm -hmm. right? Like that's ooh, mm -hmm. kind of the start of Pizzagate, there was, right? There was the DNC leak, and then there was the Podesta emails, which were gained by a phishing scam. It was just an email to Podesta that said something like, "Give it." It was just give us some of your information or whatnot. Yeah, and, log in to confirm. Yeah, like he had a really simple login or something like that. Password. Yes. So the DNC leak, yeah, that he leaked the DNC because he was unhappy with what he was seeing. Right, right. Um, but I, you know, gosh, I feel like there is some kind of um, ruse that comes up when you're trying to leak information from a, an official position. Because you know, Seth Rich worked for the DNC, right? Mm -hmm. On the election integrity uh, department or whatever, you know, like, oh, come on. Mm -hmm. So, and wow. he had access to all of these things and the, and the fact that Julian Assange is mentioning him, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know, and then they bring up this Guccifer 2.0, you know, kind of, uh, um, you look over here kind of stuff to explain this very basic stuff, you know, like anybody who was kind of paying attention at the time knows that these things were leaked to Assange and that's the reason that he's still in prison and the reason that Seth Rich is dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scary. It's it really scary is. to think about speaking up when that's the result for those people. Mm -hmm. But they can mm -hmm. also just make you look foolish. Yeah. I was I was friends with Elizabeth back, not like close friends, but Facebook friends, and I had met her in person. She started the um, 
uh, a super pack for Bernie Sanders. And oh, what was she started speaking out? Oh, I can't. I'm sorry. Do you know the Becks, Elizabeth and Jared Beck? She started Jared, speaking yeah. out. Yep. 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 They, they made have- a mockery of her. I couldn't believe it. I, I was looking her up just because I was remembering her as a person of integrity who I met during the 2016 primaries when she was backing Bernie Sanders to see how she was being smeared and mocked. It it was nauseating. It really, yeah. And it, I was friends with I, both of them, I think, back in the day. Yeah, I believe it. I'm sure you were. Yeah, it's really just, creepy. Isn't that weird? She, but that was she couldn't get any press. She couldn't that get was, any press. So yep. she went on Alex Jones, and then she was made fun of for doing that. Oh, look, she's obviously fake because she's on Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. And then I say to people, hey, I know Alex Jones is not completely fake because I know somebody was on there. can't remember what story she was trying to tell. It's been a, oh, a while. Oh, I'm sure it was the TNC about... fraud lawsuit. That's what yes, they did. Yes, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah. How could I forget? So, I mean, and she has chickens. How can you... <laughs> I'm sorry, I won't speak against anybody who has chickens, but no, they were like they were legit. They were legitimately putting their licenses on the line to tell this story, which was that we could the DNC says we could literally go into a smoke filled back room and pick our candidates. Right. Yeah. Of course we And if you tell it. anybody that they say, No, that didn't happen. That I didn't, didn't see happen. it on the news. How did that happen when I didn't see it on the news? <laughs> That's so frustrating, right? That's so frustrating. And even today, yeah. some people are like, yeah, screw Jared and Elizabeth back because they don't know what they were, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, what What are you talking about? These people did everything that they possibly could up to the letter of their licenses to get the legal ram- you know, ramifications mm-hmm. of what the DNC did out and also, like little side note, um, Seth Rich was part of that lawsuit. Do you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. He was one of, and, and another one, and I, gosh, it's been so long now, but another guy who died uh, during all of this That's stuff. right. What was the his guy name? The guy who delivered? Yes. yes. He delivered the subpoena. And he they he made a viral video of himself delivering it to the DNC, and he died. Mm-hmm. And Seth Rich died. You know what I mean? Like, God, do you know mm-hmm. what they did to honor Seth Rich um, at, at the DNC? Oh God, what? They put up a bike rack with his name on it in front of the DNC. Oh. Wow. Like you should have rode a well, bike to work. Oh really? <laughs> Wasn't it after Maybe you a party? Have got shot. They What's went that? out late. Was it? They called it a robbery, and they didn't even bother to make it look like a robbery. Yeah, wallet wasn't stolen. His watch was loosened. 
Right. But he didn't die. You know what, though? He didn't die in the street, though. He died in the hospital. You know that? Oh, wow. I don't yeah. know if I knew that what? They killed so him. They took his organs, is my opinion. You know, that's very much speculation. You know, I, I got to say, I've not, I, I only have like very like small amounts of evidence, but knowing these people and knowing what they're capable of. Uh, yeah, he was he was still alive and talking at the scene. He died at the hospital. See, no, most people wouldn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Most people well, wouldn't even know the significance. They just believe whatever they hear, and then right. we're just all crazy over and over and over again. So I don't know. Although we're Makes like sense. we're like twenty one nothing now when it comes to the things that we were right about that are now like proven. Mm-hmm. That's true. And the, oh yeah, I remember when I said that COVID was from a bio lab, and everybody, you know, said that was racist. blasphemy. Yeah, my cat is talking. No. Oh, that's awesome. Whenever um, I do do meeting or anything, she always to be a part of it. Oh, I, I, you know what? You'll see, um, especially if you stick around, and I would love for you to stick around. Uh, you'll see. I've got, um, or here, I have birds. We have named them the heckle birds because ever, if I don't uh, cover their cage quick enough, like when I'm like, and another thing, they're like, chirp, 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 chirp. Like they, it's like almost annoying in the background. So <laughs> I have to mute sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Um, Chairman. Nope. Thank you. Yeah. Me too. Kind of cute. Um, all right. So with the remaining time, it's not that long. I would love to play the Ben Swan clip. Yeah. Um, just, just to get people, you know, re-familiarized with this. And this is, of course, Ben Swan being a mainstream um, news person, uh, but in um, a, a, a local syndicate, right? I think maybe Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds right. Right. So he did something. Hold on. Um, I just sent it to my mom this afternoon. So, what Go is, ahead. so something's happening. You were talking about the P- Pizzagate is back in the news. That's why we need to re-familiarize people with this. Yes. There was a big arrest, I think, at Texas A&M. I think my mom covered it in the Good News Report. Um, but if not, you know, if, gosh, she's told me about it for the last few days. But, um, yeah, there was a big arrest about um, the tech, somebody high up in Texas A&M using um, child porn and calling it pizza or cheese pizza. Okay. And was this the person from Media Matters? Was that what she was saying? No, she was skipping subjects because oh, this was I'm a sorry. arrest. No, she, no, it's, um, you're totally fine. But she did bring up Media Matters because that was where the original Pizzagate narrative came from. And that's why anybody who says, no, this is pedophilia linked to pizza, were, uh, these people were able to call us conspiracy theorists you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and just the name pizzagate is kind of makes it sound silly like they're trying yeah. to make it sound like it doesn't no, have validity totally right 
like we're not worried about the pizza. That's the smallest part was the coded language. Absolutely. Um, one sec, I've got to send a text message. Well, uh, before I play this video or this audio, um, the last animal, <laughs> the last pup that is leaving. Um, hold on. Uh, 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 at six o'clock. Okay, hold on. Um, now, mom. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. Pizzagate. It became a major story weeks ago when an armed man decided to investigate a D.C. area pizza place for himself. This man right here, he carried a rifle into a pizza parlor and then fired it at the floor. Media is telling you the entire story is a hoax or fake news. But what does that even mean? I spent the last month investigating. So what exactly is Pizzagate? And are there any actual facts to support the story? I've got to warn you, what we're going to talk about tonight will be disturbing to some people. But this is a reality check you won't see anywhere else. Pizzagate actually comes from the WikiLeaks release of hacked emails from Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. In all, WikiLeaks dumped around 50,000 email messages. And it was from those emails that the claims that John Podesta may be part of a child sex trafficking ring come from. Uh, to be clear, not one single email in the Podesta emails discusses child sex trafficking or pedophilia. That is a fact, but there are dozens of what seem to be strangely worded emails dealing with pizza and handkerchiefs. Self-described online investigators say that those words in the emails about pizza and the talk of handkerchiefs is code language used by pedophiles. So how did a DC pizza parlor get pulled into the story? Well, again, read any mainstream report and they indicate that Comet Ping Pong Pizza was somehow linked to this fake story and has no relation to anyone involved. But the truth is, that's not true either. What media is ignoring is that the Comet Ping Pong Pizza Place is actually referenced in the Podesta emails at least a dozen or so times, and that the owner of that place, James Alphantis, is a friend of John Podesta. He was actually named, this is kind of strange, by GQ magazine as one of the top 50 most powerful people in Washington. Yes, we're talking about a pizza parlor owner. Now, let's talk facts here. There is no solid evidence... Oh, come on. Hold on. I'm sorry. Mm. Well, Pizzagate, it became a major... Oh, yeah, it's longer than that, of course. But, of course, this is what the media does, right, is they uh, they put up snippets to make it so that look like there's no um, bad things going on, right? Um uh-huh. uh, and, and he got kicked yeah. offline for this. Hold on. I'll I'll try to well, I just found it on Rumble. Of course, it's scrubbed from YouTube. Can you send it to me? Uh, send it to the Seeds of Change chat. Oops, I just sent it to you, but I can send it to both. That's my no, no, no. Just to my um, Facebook? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. Come on. Good. Very thorough. 
Hold on. It's a shame so many women struggle to lose weight. When okay. this special coffee loophole helped me drop one hundred and eighty-four to the ad. What we know about Pizzagate so far, let's begin by going over some background, how it started. John Podesta clicked on a phishing scam email sent to him by hackers and unwittingly handed over his password to them. The hackers then handed over Podesta's emails to WikiLeaks and they verified their authenticity before releasing them in the run-up to 2016. Is the the Ben Swan clip in here or no? No, this is just the... This is what I watched when I was first gaining an understanding of what this was. Okay. Uh, 21 minutes and we only have 11 minutes left. I would propose that we start the next show with this clip because this is so important. Um, This is such a good recap of it. Um, Okay. Yes. Yeah. I would love Okay, That's so good. Oh, my God. We Oh, we were looking at that. Looking for that this kind of an analysis earlier. Shoot. Um, oh, yeah, it's hard to find. It really they is. Did a, yeah, rubbing the internet. Thank goodness for Rumble. Yeah, and I heard that they were trying to take out Rumble. Oh, I bet. I'm sure. Like they just. Um, oh my God! Such a good video. I'm kind of like scrolling through. Good Lord. Um, definitely needs to happen next show. Um, but because they were trying to take out Russell Brand, and I know like a lot yeah. of truthers are, are not super, uh, you know, a big fan of Russell Brand, but he speaks truth in a way that can't really be refuted. And so that's why they kicked him off of, um, of YouTube. And that's why they're going after Rumble because, um, the mainstream media basically went after Rumble saying, take this dude off because he's allegedly guilty of rape. You know what I mean? Like, that's their playbook. Uh-huh. You're either a rapist or a racist. Um, yeah, that's, that's how they, you cancel. Mm-hmm. And they did that to Scott Ritter as well, if you follow him at all. I don't. They did it. They did. Okay. I'm, I will now, though. Yeah, they put they put him in prison. Actually, they set him up in a sting. Um, anyway, this is not what <laughs> how I would want you to introduce to him. He was a UN weapons inspector who blew the whistle on the Iraq War, and there's footage of Biden just openly mocking him. Um, I guess in Congress, and so he was not the intelligence was not happy with him because he was going against the Iraq war. And then he also assisted in the disarmament of the Soviet union during like, you know, perestroika. So he's been speaking out against the war in Ukraine. Now that's been his main gig. He does tons of research and then he's on like a lot of podcasts talking about it, about what's really happening over there. And, uh, he was set up by intelligence operations, and they said that he was a sexual predator online. He thought that he was role-playing with somebody, but they said, no, this was, a, you know, you thought it was a child. He said he didn't. They put him in prison. That's how they silenced him. 
And a lot of times if you look for him, you just see this information like, oh, he's, He's a predator. Like, I hate even saying that because I feel like it's so disrespectful to him. But he's on record saying, if you go against the CIA, they have six ways to Sunday to shut you up. And um, basically, some, you know, F you in the blank. <laughs> this is his exact words. But he's very knowledgeable and he was another victim of this like fake sex scandal thing, which is so interesting as there's evidence pointing to the people saying that the other guy is the perpetrator, that they're the perpetrator. I'm not saying that very well, but. No, I, I totally get it. I, I don't want to bring up um, current events, but it seems like there's a, a war being sparked that, the same thing is being said. Um, let's see. Six. Um, I, I know I've got this Schumer. Oh, there it is. 26 seconds. Here we go. Three, two, one. But he's he's taking these shots, this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence community. You, you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. What do you think the intelligence community would do if they were motivated I don't know, to? but I, from what I am told, they are very upset with how he has treated them and talked about them. Oh, oh. I love sound bites. That's great. That's Schumer, you said? Yeah, that was Schumer talking on, I believe, uh, Rachel Maddow. Mm-hmm. Was he talking about Trump? Trump? Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Trump was saying, you know, anyway. No, that's talking, totally, yeah. Speaking totally right. of the mili- military industrial complex, and that's what Glenn Greenwald said, too, that the reason that Trump is so maligned is because he was speaking out against the military industrial complex. For all his flaws, he was saying he wanted to reduce our military and stop having like um, military and every name, all these different nations, which is kind of weird. Like, why are we, why do we have military bases in all these places all over? Perpetuate it. So they don't want him talking like that. But it is weird how it's all connected. Really weird. I'm so glad you brought up Glenn Greenwald. Like, I, I really didn't know, like, just looking through your profile, like, I didn't know where you would, um, you know, fit in, in certain topics, um, where, you you know, your alliances were, but it really does mean the world to me that you're, uh, you seem to have the right sources and um, come from the the right background. I don't know if that means mm-hmm. what, it doesn't, you know, to you as it does to me, but, you know, I'm not yeah. talking about race. No, I feel like I'm just so under the radar so much of the time because uh, being in the film and art and theater communities, it's not fashionable and you're not going to get very far if you say any of this, really. I mean, one time I was at like a little mixer for a media company and I said something just about uh, Monsanto 
having their, you know, the food safety czar was their former lobbyist and an, an attorney. And somebody's like, what? Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, how naive are you people? You're supposed to be a journalist? <laughs> and then all the people, you know, I, I shudder to even say this out loud, but, like, all the people in SAG hitting, putting pictures of themselves online saying that they got boosted if they got an acting job, like, in a commercial or like a TV movie or something like that, they're bragging about getting boosted and they're doing it with a lot of, a lot of self-congratulations, a lot of arrogance. And it's, it's just like, and then they hate you if they find out that you are questioning all of that. And so it's just like, I feel like I've just become this, (laughs) I don't know, a shadow of my former self as far as being transparent in general. And that's so frustrating. And honestly, like, okay, so you, you know I ran for Congress, right, in 2018? Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, I ran. It was on the – yeah. Um, after that experience, um, I started watching dogs. You know what I mean? Like, that was my thing, is I went from, like, wanting to save humanity to I'm just going to play with some dogs mm-hmm. now and get some money, you know? Yeah. 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 I I hear you. I have a face painting business. That's what I do, face painting, which you probably saw. So, yeah, talk about being at parties all the time, just trying to help people have fun and not, like, if you have a business that's just mostly public relations, you just have to be really nice to everybody and not talk about anything controversial. I remember getting back from the pandemic and just being like wanting to talk about stuff. And I remember after I had COVID and the war had first started in Ukraine and I wanted to talk about it, like to state, but I was just like really concerned about it. And I'd been watching Patrick Lancaster with his news reports on the ground over there. And so I'd be like, well, have you considered this? And I just wasn't prepared for the rage. Uh, It was quite jarring and disturbing. Like, okay, I have all this information, but I don't know what to do with it because nobody wants to hear it. And then you become more and more obsessed with the news because you're thinking differently than everybody else. So you have to be more thorough in figuring out what's happening. And then for me, after a while, I just kind of, I was just like, I can't handle this. I just, we're about to hit our our 30 second mark. So I have to cut you off. Although this is so compelling. Um, And I, I, the answer to your question is that this show every week allows us to air our grievances without losing any, um, any any collateral, any ways of living. So, you know, we're just at the mm-hmm. end of the show. I'm so happy that you came for this week. I would love you to come back every single week. Um, and thank you. thank you. I love you all. Please share if you can. See you next week. Bye.
I don't know if I should say goodbye. <laughs> Are you still there? Hey, I'm still here, but the, I think that um, it another is, show is. is coming up in a second. So, all right. Okay. I love you. Thanks. Goodbye. Thanks Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.